Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready and there will be no Encore. Welcome to episode 5 of the No Encore podcast. Um, We start today, unfortunately, with some terrible, terrible news. Craig Fitzpatrick is back in the studio. Yeah, it's it's not my fault. Um, And yeah, it... Pretty much about 20 minutes, half an hour before we came into the studio, the news has broke, broken, I should say, that Prince, the legendary Prince, the purple one, has passed away at the age of 57. Yeah. Um, um, it, it was a weird one because um, I think we're both a bit, well, we're definitely shell-shocked. We're both quite upset. Um, I was in the office just getting ready to leave, come to do this, and I was welling up. People in the office were, like, crying. Um, so it's, it's you know, it, it's a big one. Also, um, you work in news talk, so, like, that's the definition of breaking news. Yeah, they were kind of, the breaking news was coming true. They're trying to verify it. And you had this weird situation where people were really upset, but they were thinking, oh, no, we have to entire, like change our entire programs now. Yeah. So, like, cancel all, all that stuff. But hold on, what if he's not dead? And it was just a complete mixture of weird emotions. And I kind of had to get out of there and come and do a, a podcast with you. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> the first thing that Best happened... Place to be. The first thing that happened was uh, a, a report emerged that there had been a death at his Paisley Park studio and a body had been taken out. And this obviously follows, uh, but a week or so ago, he was hospitalised. There was a lot of reports. He then appeared at a gig and seemed to be in, in, in good health, but obviously um, that is not the case. Uh, the BBC have... Uh, TMZ were the first... Uh, outlet to report it and unfortunately TMZ generally is very very on point with get it right, stuff. they yeah. usually get it right and essentially it's true um, all the other sites picked up on it after that the likes of Pitchfork um, Vice Line of Best Fit and BBC who a publicist has since emerged and given a short statement the BBC's news site reads thus 
The hugely popular and acclaimed musician Prince has died at his home in Minnesota at the age of 57, his publicist has said. Police were called to a medical emergency at his Paisley Park estate earlier on Thursday, as US media reported. An investigation is underway. And then it goes on to just kind of give a very, very short, you know, summation of his career. So that's all we know. Um, this, yeah. By the time this podcast I, I comes out, from, a few days will have passed. Um, yeah, we'll have a clearer understanding of what went on. Or um, I hadn't heard about his illness, so I kind of was completely blown away because you always think of Prince as, especially in kind of his later years where he was just such a clean living guy. You know, he'd kind of become religious. He was very into just kind of keeping fit. Like, any time you saw him perform, he looked like he was still about 30 years old, didn't he? He just looked in, like, insane shape. He was only 57, and he, now he's gone. This is the thing. I actually kind of thought he was older, not because of how he looked or anything, but just because Prince has been he's, a constant. He's been around forever, yeah. Um, I actually rang my sister um, when I was on the train over here, and she's a gigantic Prince fan. I've seen him live numerous times. And Prince, when I was growing up, Prince was, like, postered on the walls, always played in the house, and like I, my sister just sounded absolutely devastated. I thought she was going to start crying. Um, and Twitter, as you might imagine, is currently just blowing up. With yeah. like my entire feed is people, and it's not just people being like, "Oh, that's a shame." Um, it's Bowie esque in that everyone is losing their fucking mind. Yeah, I mean, he was for me. He was that level. I was probably more of a fan of Prince just in terms of the kind of connection I had to his music. Purple Rain's one of my favorite albums of all time. An obvious choice, I know, but he had so many. That run in the eighties is as good as you know Bowie's run in the seventies, Dylan, Beatles in the sixties. It's one of those kind of legendary runs. Um, and it just kind of what Prince did to music was on the same level as Michael Jackson, almost in terms of he was one of the big stars. Um, did a lot for kind of you know African American relations and kind of stuff, uh, bringing true kind of new performers that hadn't been get, been shown the spotlight before. And he just did well. He did everything well as well. He was just an insane musician, insane songwriter, and a character on top of it all. Yeah, I mean a virtuoso guitarist, like just a, the pre- the kind of presence that no one else has. Yeah. Again, kind of like Bowie. I mean, like it's it's yeah. They're, these are one of a kind artists, and I mean that. Like in the definition of that term, we aren't going to see their like again. No, everything's kind of too splintered, too fractured. People are in their own little kind of worlds, um, enjoying what they enjoy. And to a large extent, that's fantastic because there's a lot more options. But it just means you don't get those scale artists kind of arriving and just everyone looking at them and worshipping them anymore. I don't think I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, and we're four months into a year that has robbed us of so many uh, visionaries and talents. And it's absolutely mind-bogglingly depressing at this point so if we sound particularly flustered and discombobulated in this episode uh i apologize um Um, it's it does seem to be a crazy year for celebrity deaths i mean but is this going to be a trend now because i I think i saw an article where it said well actually if you look say 50 years ago there just weren't as many celebrities yeah of course celebrity culture really took off so we just have so many people around not on Prince's level of just kind of genius maybe but so many kind of well-known faces that we think of as almost kind of friends or certainly acquaintances they, they're just part of our lives and you know invariably people do pass away so yeah. we're just going to start and again it's that people. thing of like you know it was different when we grew up and we only had access to like a handful of television channels and yeah. we didn't have YouTube and we didn't have Vine and we didn't have all kinds of social media aspects and different things and it was a lot more quaint I suppose and like it was all about you buying magazines and spending your pocket money on CDs and therefore almost kind of willing yourself to love an artist of course like the Prince and Bowie didn't need that kind yeah. of 
but you would stick with an album if you didn't particularly like it. Yeah, and now became, you know you listen. Yeah. To, you, like I, you might listen to three songs on a new album on Spotify and go, "Not doing it for me." Yeah, I'll yeah. go back to that playlist I made. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, there's not that kind of dedication. Speaking of, by the way, um, an awful lot of people out there frantically on YouTube and Spotify right now confused as to why there's no Prince music out there. Uh, <laughs> I saw Chance the Rapper just tweeted saying that the great thing about you know Prince is discography is that it's all in physical format. So yeah, well he's on title, I think. I think he is on title. Yeah. At least some aspect. I'm not sure like if I could check. I'm yeah. still subscribed. Oh my god. <laughs> I missed another month, so that's another twenty quid guys. Craig title update, you're yeah. still there. So I have until I think May fifteenth and I have to cut it off before that. But I wanna like every month I'm thinking, well I need to get the kind of most used out of it, so I won't cancel it until the last day and now so Okay, well But yeah, I'm pretty sure he kind of went to that format because I think he said you know, Jay-Z setting up and had kind of, you know, such support from artists. It was truly an artistic platform and it was fully owned by artists who'd probably been exploited. You know, he had his issues with his record companies over the years. So it was in keeping with his thing of just, OK, now give the power back to the artists. I can't believe it, man. I really yeah. can't. I mean, like, it's I'm 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 devastated. And I, I think everyone out there is like, again, it's that kind of thing where, like, people do get annoyed when there's an oversharing of grief yeah, but- and there's... And there's kind of like, you know, people kind of almost competing on social media to show how big a fan or upset they are about a celebrity death. Bowie w- seemed to just turn across that away. The board. Yeah, like it was across the board. It was universal. The odd prick was like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? But again, Prince is on this level. And yeah, it's it's absolutely horrendous. It's and fucking I mean, Prince. Like, <laughs> it's, fucking, it's Prince. Like, it's not supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess, you know, like I say, we don't know much more about it. By the time this podcast is released, I'm sure we will. Yeah, there's probably um, not much more we can say, no, really, no, because it. everyone else will be ahead of us. And, yeah, and we're yeah. look, look, look. Uh, it sucks. Rest in peace to one of the greatest showmen of all time. Yeah, and for thanks for all the fucking great tunes, man. And I guess from that grim rejoinder, <laughs> the only other place we can go is Prague, <laughs> which is where. Don't you, make me go back there, man. Don't make me go back there. Which is where you were last week. Yeah, it was when you stag- abandoned the podcast. I'm sorry. I really apologize. I wish I hadn't because I mightn't still feel so dreadful. To be honest, it was four days. I remember maybe two and a half. It was good. I don't think I can say much legally. No, I don't we talked to the head I, stuff kind of, you know, lawyers beforehand, and they were just like, they're actually looking in the glass at the moment and just shaking their heads. So Yeah, they're going to kick down the, the door in a it second. It was a fun time. A fun time had <laughs> fun by time all. Fun time had by all. Yeah, we caught Sparta Prague. That was a good game. Did you go to the match? Villarreal, yes. You went to the actual match? Because yeah. you texted me and you said like, we caught the game, and I assumed in a bar. Right? Oh, no, no, no. We actually <laughs> went to the match, stood there in the freezing cold. The fans are insane. Sparta Prague fans, they were getting hammered. They stayed until the entire end, um, sang just, it was the loudest noise I've ever heard in a stadium. Then the entire team kind of walked around the pitch, maybe six or seven times, just doing, yay, cheers, like they'd won the UEFA Cup. Well, they were, what, 3-1 down or something? It, they, yeah, they were done. It was over. It was finished, <laughs> and everyone seemed perfectly happy with that. So, yeah, great, great fans. Um, Excellent. So, uh, you're not quite recovered. No, no, I'm still in a bad way. Uh, the Prince News hasn't helped me, but this will cheer me up, I think. I think I've so. missed the podcast. I'm, I'm sure it suffered last week it did. because of my absence. Yeah. It didn't. <laughs> it did, it didn't. It was great. <laughs> uh, Rory Lynch, also known as Bantam, came in. and did a, Yeah, I'm sorry I missed that. He put in a really good shift. Uh, well, the go- here's the good news. The good news is we were originally scheduled to have Red Enemy. Dublin's fine metal band, excellent boys, Red Enemy. Should it not be finest? Just they're fine. They're the finest. Yeah. See, they're 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 fine. see, I stopped myself from saying finest because I was like, you know what? Maybe they're not. 
<laughs> they might not be. We're not the ones to say, really. Yeah. We're not. See, see, you know, no, we're see, not that well versed. We in can that genre. say this right now. We can slag the fuck out of them right now because they're not here yet. <laughs> yeah, and they're not going to listen. Not going to listen to this. They're um, too busy being, you know, metalers. <laughs> well, wait, wait, take that, the metal community. Crazy. So here's the thing. Red Enemy are going to join us pretty soon. Uh, they might, in fact, show up now during this opening part of the podcast and, and become proto-guest hosts because there is one name uh, I haven't read out today and informed the listeners of. Colm Regan's not here. Yeah. He's done a U <laughs> and he's abandoned his co-host. He's gone to Prague. For this week <laughs> because uh, he's done himself in. He has, yeah. He's injured himself quite badly. Uh, uh, posterior injury. His, glute- that- his gluteus maximus yeah. is I, not... I believe we talked about this before on the podcast, did we? When he, while was, in, he was in pain. While he was suffering and he was like, I'm grand. <laughs> yeah, he made a true. Um, he was basically walking around with a hematoma for about a month. He was a trooper and now he's let everyone down. He's gone to the doctor. <laughs> he sent me a selfie of him. Uh, like, like, Why are you doing it like a football kind of analysis <laughs> thing? What he's done here is he's gone to the doctor. <laughs> he's gone to the doctor. He's seen right? the opening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he won't be happy with that. You no, know, like, like, like after when, when he watches that back, that, uh, when he watches that back on, like tonight, like he, he'll be disappointed with that. <laughs> Uh, um, he, yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's ran the channels, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, Cullum's not here this evening, sadly. And he'll be back. He's so like laid up that he can't build a fort on his week off from work, which is <laughs> what I, all I wanted them to do. I was like, you know, do it right, build a fort. But back is to that your, one of your go-to things? Fort building. I've never done it. Oh, really? So it's just a magical, crazy idea you once had, and you thought someone should do that. I've never done it, man. I really want to. Like, this is, this all right, is, we can organise it. Can we? Really? Well, I don't know. I'm, sounds a bit weird, but yeah, sure. Let, we'll have a sleepover. For the 100th episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll do it live from Let's before. Do it. <laughs> we'll do it live, great. But uh, okay, so Red Enemy are going to show up, and like I say, they were supposed to be here last week, they had to reschedule. Kev Lefty Letford, the frontman of Red Enemy, is very, very happy that he's here when you're here. Because apparently he doesn't like you. Yeah, we don't get along. You go back a ways, don't you? Well, I was in a rival metal band. And, um, I just had far superior chops to him. What was the name of this band? Um, red Craig. <laughs> That's when you had red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was back in my red hair days. Um, yeah, we, we kind of did the whole leaks up circuit. Big uh, circuit. Things were, things were really taking off in the kind of Lucan, Selbridge, Maynooth area. Yeah. Um, but then I just quit. You walked away from music. Walked away from music. Uh, just to mainly concentrate on my poetry. Because uh, I thought, you know, Jim Morrison did that. And why not? It worked for him. So it that's for him. what I did. Yeah, you're and big, here I am today. You're also a big Jim Morrison and the, and the Doors fan. Yeah, and his leather trousers. He's great, isn't he? <laughs> He's brilliant. Um, I've li- very little time for the Doors. But um, lots of time for Red Enemy, who will be joining us soon. And yeah, so while you're away... Yeah, I miss quite a lot. Not you're much, you're not, famous now. Not much happened. <laughs> You're not only famous, you're internet famous, which is the best kind of famous. Yeah, I went viral. <laughs> um, I went viral. Let's set the scene. Cullum contacts me uh, in our group chat on the Thursday, the day of, of the podcast recording. So, so this is O'Regan's fault? It's completely down to Cullum O'Regan, who, okay. oh, what a shock, he's not here. Uh, I was wondering why you were at Macklemore, in fairness. So was I. Yeah. So was I all, all, all the way up until the next day. Why am I at Macklemore? <laughs> He sent Cullum uh, had to go review Macklemore for Hot Press Magazine. He had a plus one, and his girlfriend. Shout out to his girlfriend who gets mentioned on every episode of the podcast because he wants the listeners to know that he's got, that he's got a relationship. Yeah, the Viking. Congratulations for you know being an adult male, Cullum. <laughs> shows how it's done. So he was like, "Hey man, do you want to be still waiting? Do you want to be my, do you want to be my date for Macklemore?" And my first reaction was, "No." Yeah, that's kind of a sensible reaction. I think that might be my go-to. Then I thought about it, and I thought, well, I'm doing nothing else. Were you like, well, is Ryan Lewis going to be there? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah. left out the crucial ampersand <laughs> and the name Ryan Lewis yeah, yeah. from that statement, Cullum. Uh, Big Josh, Joshua Hughes, who writes for Headstuff and will someday appear on this podcast when we figure out how to get to him, even though he's in Toronto. 
he said that Macklemore actually gets a bit of a bad rep, and he's actually pretty good. And he sent, okay. me, sent me a few tracks, and I have to content. I have to say he's he's not wrong. Is he top ten white rappers of all time? Do you reckon top two right white rappers of all time? Wow, yeah. Yeah. So Eminem's gone. It's he's just Vanilla picked, Ice. He's just picked by, by Vanilla Ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's got a song called Other Side Remix, which is about getting clean from addiction. Okay. And the video and song are excellent. Like like, and he has like his whole his whole thing. What what I was told by Macklemore fans in the run up to this prestigious event was, he's got two sides to his character. One is goofy, and one is very very serious. Uh, as you might imagine, at a crowd pleasing three arena gig. Yeah. He mostly lent on the goof. Uh, but let's set the scene. So Friday, is the goof like some you know sidekick he has as well. It just might be comes out. And it might be. Yeah. I'm glad you seized upon that. <laughs> uh, so I went to the three arena and I proceeded to drink a lot of beer, and I just started tweeting at, like during the gig like an obnoxious dickhead. Yeah, it started off quite well. I thought I just said I'm at a Macklemore gig. That was my first tweet to to alert the world. Yeah. And now to be fair, you're sitting in the second row of the balcony of the three arena. Fantastic seats, by the way. I have to put that out there. Terrific seats. It's it's a good venue. Like it's, it's a great you venue. You can't really get bad seats. Yeah, I don't go there often enough. I actually was like, you know, man, I'm going to go to more gigs that I wouldn't go to here as long as I can go for free with Columbus Plus One. Yeah. Um. So I was just tweeting about it, and I was kind of like, oh, he's wearing an Ireland jersey, and like, uh, as it went on, it got more and more intense, and because the, the show got <laughs> more. You kind of had a intense. breakdown, didn't you? Yeah, moment? yeah, I did. Yeah. But, but hold on, what was going on on stage? Because obviously, the Irish jersey, there was other yeah. kind of. Well, props. Okay, the show starts off right, and it's a big. Big fucking stage, like yeah. very impressive, very kind of like you know hexagonal or something. Like it, it's cool. And out of the ground on risers comes like a piano, and then Ryan Lewis with his big setup, and then like a string quartet Sweet. and a brass section on either side, like of kind of the wings. And then finally, Macklemore comes up like Christ himself, uh, like Rey Mysterio emerging from like the spring trap thing with like his arms <laughs> out and the Ireland jersey, and the place goes bananas like the noise the noise of this man i referenced on the last podcast that i went to see 2001 a space odyssey in 70 millimeter and yeah. it was the loudest thing i've ever heard <laughs> this wasn't far off uh, i love that reference like just i'm gonna reference it i'm gonna reference it again yeah. in a few minutes so better than kubrick yeah so yeah much better than okay kubrick. obviously right. jesus right. christ we, are you kidding me macklemore <laughs> on one hand kubrick on the other you know you know what you're picking just production values what, you're picking irish celebration way the, better the worst song of all time it was a different time so you know which sounds like this by the way <laughs> Leathered, weathered Irish skin Beard orange as the sunset of the flag In the night sky we fight and Pride for the life we fight to live History I write with it Spit it with the dialect And this is a celebration of course The great white horse and when they pulled up on that shore, first generation born, toasted those that made it on a boat to New York. And when the English came, the colonizer came, they filled up bottles of gasoline, turned them into balls of flames, and hurled them to protect what's ours. I'll touch these lucky charms, a bunch of Irish screaming, fuck the London Guard. I'm kidding, not just in London, this bloody raw. But go against the Irish and get a bloody jaw. Preach non-violence, but remind us of the scars and the fires. So put a pine up, everybody sing a song. So yeah, that was Irish Celebration. The worst song of all time. Crowd loved it. So no, I have to say this. Um, it was what you'd expect. Uh, you know, crowd mad into him. First night of three. He did three nights in the three arena. Okay. So, I mean, that's no Michael Bublé, but it's, no, it's up not. there. No, he's beloved. It's no the Coronas doing 17 million nights in the <laughs> Olympia. Um, and anyway, great show for what it was. Uh, very enjoyable. Yeah. 
I got hammered and tweeted a lot. Yeah, you essentially started saying that everyone was going to die, that yeah, the world was they're, over. They were playing Can't Hold Us, right? <laughs> uh, which is one of his big numbers. I didn't even know that was a Macklemore song, and it's a bit of crack. And everyone's stamping and clapping, and I was like, this building is going to cave in. We're, uh, we're, all, oh, really? going, we're, <laughs> we're all going to die. Like, And then at one point, like people started throwing... Ends. Someone threw an iPhone on the stage, and I tweeted out, I said something like, uh, someone just threw an iPhone on the stage, because uh, this is our culture, this is who we are yeah. now, we're all going to die. <laughs> They're uh, 600 euro, which uh, is very true. As yeah. someone that like constantly misplaces constantly, very expensive phones constantly. that aren't insured whatsoever, uh, that just broke the my heart amount, when I saw that. Like, the amount of nights out where you've been like, my phone's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, not only is, is his phone gone, the head's gone. I was like, Craig is going to like be yeah, like unbearable yeah. now. Yeah, it's kind of, it becomes a very, very, you know, dismal occasion. <laughs> to be fair, that night I thought my jacket got stolen in the Grand Social and I, and I did a Craig on it. I was like freaking out and I was really upset and I was like, you know, threatening to kill somebody and then they found it. Yeah, but and yet thanks before, to the staff at the Grand Social for finding my jacket. By the way, and yet before I've been on on the dance floor, many's a dance floor, many's on the wheels. You, you floor, love you love a good dance. I took off a jacket that I quite liked and threw it away, and I wasn't upset about that at all. So maybe it's the actual act of throwing away your beloved item is kind of liberating. You were a little it's a upset different about thing. that. I was, well, the next day, yeah, it's all about the next day. Didn't get it back. So Macklemore, yeah, I saw a couple have a row as I went into the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. It, can, we, can we go through that in like intense detail? Get <laughs> uh, names. I didn't. I tried to avoid it because, like, all I want to say is they shout out to Sophie. They didn't seem like the kind of people that I, that, that I want to intervene on. Yeah, but it was. Uh, I, I believe the phrase "Well, fuck you then" was was uttered by one of them. And I hope if you're listening, you know, I, <laughs> I, I hope it worked out. Yeah, you know, I, I hope the power of Macklemore brought you back together. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of crack. I actually hashtagged the whole event with hashtag Dave does Macklemore. And, and it really took off. It really took off, yeah. I mean, like, you know, people were really enjoying it. Uh, I felt committed to the bit. Everything that happened, uh, everything I tweeted actually happened. I didn't, I didn't like, you know, uh, what's, do a, do what, plagiarism? Lie. No, lie, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Embellish. Pla- <laughs> Embellish. That, yeah, plagiarism. <laughs> um, and inevitably, the inevitable happened, and I got a message the next day from a Joe Dallaie journalist. Oh, okay, you were actually called. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, like I was. I, a message was sent to me. Did you think that this happened without my without my knowledge? Yeah, I just assumed he embedded loads of tweets. No, I think, his... I think they have to ask you. Really? I think so. I think they have to get clear. I, I think that's the one ethical quandary that Joe Dallaie. Wow, because I don't think other websites do that. Do they? I don't know. No, they generally don't. But may, they must have gotten into trouble. Or Maybe something. when it's an entire story based around one person, very you have possibly. To just yeah, double yeah, yeah. check that there's no. Yeah. So some guy from. Joe Dottie, seems like a nice lad, uh, sent me a, a message. I said hashtag lad. <laughs> hashtag nice lad. <laughs> and he said, uh, hey Dave, can we use your gas Macklemore tweets oh, for a story gas. on Joe Dottie? Absolute gas. And I, as you might imagine, Craig, I was faced with a, a real <laughs> life conundrum. Because uh, do you want to tell listeners what... Fame, but at what price? But at what price? <laughs> uh, let's let's have a quick uh, yes or no, quick fire buzz around. Am I a big fan of the website Joe Dottie? I would have to go with no. Do I enjoy clickbait? Uh, no. Does the rise and oversaturation of clickbait and lists and that kind of thing really kind of upset me to the very, very core of my soul? I'd have to go with a strong yes. Okay. Yeah. So surely I would never give someone permission to put me on Joe.e. So anyway, how many clicks did you get? Well, this um. is the thing. Now, I, I want to point out, the reason I said yes, please 
do it, whatever. I didn't, say, it. <laughs> I didn't say please. Uh, was because I was like, would you plug the podcast? You know, the podcast yeah. is new. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks. Tell your friends. Did you keep calling him Joe when he was just like, my name's not, not Joe? My name. what, you, know. you can blatantly see in my Twitter handle that my, my name is not Joe. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's right there, man. Um, actually, that's a bit of an interesting beef I, I might have with Red Enemy later on because before I knew them, one of them emailed me and was like, get, when I worked for Hot Press and they wanted a story online. And I was yeah. like, yeah, no problem. I'll help you out. And they were like, thanks, Brian. And I'm like, that's <laughs> get a, it right. What? That's a, that's a stretch. It's right there in not the... Not close to Dave, no. Not even close. Like, I, well, I, it's I, close to Dave. I don't um, know, Dan. Dan, yeah. Yeah. yeah Dan. Darren. Derek. I don't fucking Brian. know. Brian. Brian? It's, it's a ways away. It is a ways away. But anyway, so this guy was very cordial about the whole thing, and he plugged the podcast, and I thought, you know what, fair enough. Now, the piece itself has been shared over 800, 899 times, I believe. Great. So now I'm starting to think, fuck, that probably made them a lot of cash. Maybe I should have asked for cash. <laughs> and now people are starting with this episode, which is a oh, concern. <laughs> so I <laughs> love... Joe.ie. Joe.ie is... This shambolic <laughs> episode without Cullum, the professional one, when Prince has just died, and we're like, I'm hungover. When Cullum <laughs> listens to this episode... Episode, he's going to be so annoyed because Colm's like our timekeeper. Like, he'll love it. He will love it. What? Because we're having a nightmare. No, yeah, he'll be like, they need me. They need me. They need, yeah. We do need he's you. He's insecure. Cullen. I do need him. <laughs> so anyway, look, the point is, it was a roller coaster twenty four hours. Uh, me ending up in jail, Daddy, and thus going viral pleased a lot of people <laughs> who are never going to let me forget about it. For it was the rest maybe of the best life. thing that could possibly happen. Well, the best thing that was, you came back from Prague and you hadn't been checking the group chat, and I was like, well, here's <laughs> what happened with my weekend. Yeah. It was like disbelief. So the point is, um, please don't leave because I'll down is up, again. up is down, Prince is dead. Yeah. And Joe Dottie and me are apparently, you know, simpatico these days. It's interesting. And you were at another gig, weren't you, recently? Was it I last was, night? last night. Uh, we recorded this podcast on a Thursday, uh, so it was a Wednesday when I went to see Explosions in the Sky in Vicar Street. Cool. And you can check out that article on joe.ie right about now. Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> hashtag Dave does Explosions in the Sky. <laughs> He's wearing an Ireland jersey. <laughs> Bands. Yeah, um, there wasn't. So how's the gig? There wasn't as much bands. Actually, I should say this. I think sitting in the second row of the three arena with your phone out is fine. It's that kind of a big scale production gig. No one's actually going to be bothered by the fact that you have a phone out. And I turned the brightness down on the phone, by the way, because I was, you know, what? Sure. Yeah. Empathetic to the to the situation. I would never take the phone out during an explosion in the sky gig unless it was some kind of weird emergency. Um, and explosion in the sky was amazing. Uh, fourth time seeing them. They're one of my favorite bands. I adore them. Um. I, they they're just great. Like it's they play for like an hour and twenty minutes solid. They don't they don't do an encore. Okay, if only there was some kind As of a rule. term for that <laughs> not doing an encore. Get them on the pod uh, thing. You know, maybe the line. Maybe someone should start a podcast after that. We'll call it the Explosions in the Sky. Don't do an encore podcast. Do they have a rationale behind that? Is it kind of a deep philosophy, or other just the fact like encores are you know inherently ridiculous when I, you think about them? I think they just don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. and like and, and they they power through with this kind of one big building thing for about an hour and twenty minutes and put everything into it. Sure. And like on the way out, I heard someone go, "Oh, it's the first time I've seen them, and they've not done an encore." And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, you fucking not seen them before, you liar. Uh, they don't do them." So they were terrific. Uh, played a lot of material from the new album, The Wilderness, which is excellent. They closed with Memorial, which is one of their best songs. They didn't play Your Hand in Mine, from, you know, which later became repurposed for Friday Night Lights, because I kind of think that they resent that at this point, okay, even though yeah. it's one of the most beautiful songs of all time. At one point, to go back to a 2001 Space Odyssey reference for the second time, uh, they actually, like, if, if it wasn't the audio from the Stargate sequence at the end of the movie, where it all goes crazy, it was as close to it as you're going to get from whatever they were creating. And also, more to the point, they had this kind of rainbow color effect that kept like kind of going up and then coming towards the crowd. Okay, as it got louder and louder, more and more intense. And then, yeah, it was like it was very, very close to like being like, okay, I th- like between this gig, 
Macklemore, <laughs> uh, Girl Band of Vicar Street, going to that 2001. I'm like, if if my brain comes out of this month and, and we're still in one piece, yeah. I'll be very, very that's, happy. That's the kind of schizophrenic month, all right. It, it's been a hell of a thing. Um, okay, well, before we get to the news... News. You're going to listen to a little bit of Red Enemy right now. Okay, that uh, fine music that you just heard there, the finest Dublin metal band. Finest. Finest. Yeah. Earlier on, I, I, I called you a fine, fine band. We're here with Red Enemy, everybody. Uh, do we oh, 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 oh. That was very pathetic. Wasn't it? <laughs> that wasn't great. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Kev. Going, Kev and Connor. How's things? That's Kev. How's it going? That's Connor. <laughs> and uh, I'm just glad that you got the the Prince news before. Uh, I was terrified we were gonna like break it to you on the podcast. No, sorry. I, I would I would love to break it to you though. I'm just coming in. It's like, just, by the way, yeah, Prince is Prince dead. Is dead yeah. Got some news? Yeah. <laughs> we would have had to stop recording. Got a, um, a mate of mine just dropped into work, and uh, there was like me and then like a couple of lads at work were just standing around. He walked in. He was just like, "See, uh, Prince was found dead." And then like the like the whole shop just, just went what? what? Yeah, like, nobody had heard, like it had literally just come out. And uh, the yeah, everyone was pretty shocked. It's a, say yeah, it's a pretty shocking thing. We big fans. I can't say I was. Yeah, I mean, like he was just that guy that was always amazing. around, like, just in a kind of everyone looked up to him, man. And like, I'd never say a bad word about him, but it's like probably now that he's gone, I'll probably look back and they'll be like, oh, back fuck. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, like actually, oh yeah, you're right. I told you. This it's a family show, but you know, you're a metal band. You can do what you want. Well, from one icon that everyone knows, a household name, to another. Kanye West. Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the segue? Is that the segue? He's <laughs> <laughs> still alive. Craig, Craig on Kanye. Craig, Craig on Kanye. It, uh, everyone's favorite segment of the show, which yeah. you couldn't do last week because you fucked off to Prague. I know. So no, you're an awful bollocks. Yeah. I am. I'm the worst. So, King of the sauce. King of the sauce. What's Kanye West been up to, Craig? Well, this is like the same story we've been doing constantly. He's still tinkering with his music, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. So, But now it's different albums. He's, he's gone back moved, to old albums. Yeah, he's, he's now moved, the George Lucas of music. He's moved even further back to Yeezus. And but the thing is, he's doing very minor things to tracks. Yeah, like there'll be ten seconds where he just takes off one instrument and that's it, and doesn't say is anything. This stuff he's re- currently released. Like, is he putting so, this up on Apple Music? So yeah, is, yeah. Uh, all, these all little, on like, streaming sites. Off, like, yeah, just but every time people keep that's going back to them, but well, he's going back to his old records. It's so it's like, like, I mean, for example, like your album's out now. What a year, yeah. year and a half ish. Year and a half. Yeah. Very good, brother. Listeners, go listen to that. Yeah, okay. But like, are you gonna like? I mean, like, like you're never gonna turn around and go like, oh, we should tweak. No track seven, but that's no. just Kanye, isn't it? Yeah, he just has the audacity to do stuff like that. It's like he gets it in his head and he knows. It's almost like he does it because he knows people are going to be like, 
what the fuck are you doing? Chap's like? just mad as a bag of spiders and he's just <laughs> like, he's just, I'll just do whatever I but want. this is the thing. Do you think he's actually that obsessive about old tracks that he's... Well, no. obviously with the, the Life of Pablo, they're kind of recent tracks, so that kind of made sense. But to go back to an album that's two or three years old and then just do minor tweaks, it's clearly just a calculated, look at me kind yeah, of no, move. Yeah, no, for sure. I, no, I, there's no there's keep no currents, way. that's probably why. Like, there's yeah. no way he, like, he, he'll probably spin it like he's... He's got, he, he sees stuff in his own music that nobody else sees. But yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. He's a man, visionary. Like, you're just, <laughs> you're just like ruffling feathers. Like you're just bored or something. I don't know. Yeah. And the it's improvements haven't been great. I haven't. But really they've been so much. minimal. Yeah. Actually, some of them haven't been. Uh, like fade sounds a bit slower. A bit. And, like it's not Every great. Every time one of them happens and I go to listen to the song because I'm insane, I'm just like expecting it to be, oh my God, it's what we were waiting for. Like it's, it's better bass sound. I just don't want him to go back through all the old ones. Like this one, fine, do we want. Like <laughs> yeah. this can be a rolling art installation, but please, like, like, he, like he'll he, move back on to, to like old Frank Sinatra records <laughs> and just everyone's music. <laughs> what, is he, what is he doing to the old tracks? Exactly? Well, like Black Skinhead, which I, I maintain is the best song of the last two and a half years. Bang. He uh, It is a banger, yeah. He, 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 he kind of puts a more distortion on the vocal at the start of the track and you're just like you don't need to do this it's already perfect leave it alone leave it alone yeah he drops out some like instruments on a verse it's very very minimal kind of stuff that doesn't really does he pick songs that he knows are popular I think there's no rhyme or reason to this yeah no no, random yeah and uh, that actually would be good though if if he could go back and repurpose one album that wasn't his I'd go with uh, (laughs) Robbie Williams Swing While You're Winning no perfect you can't touch that no even Kanye would be like don't ever touch anything I don't have that audacity the Sistine Chapel of (laughs) what about (laughs) Rock DJ a remix Rock Kanye oh yeah yeah. still got it after Prague Christ (laughs) do you really reckon he'd have no regrets about that oh See you guys. Moving on. That's me out. <laughs> He's also being sued, <laughs> though, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, by oh, the a gentleman who I think has a bit of a case. Uh, as you know, mm. Kanye West told people that this album will only be on Tidal. In fact, here's his statement. My album will never, never, never be on Apple, and it will never be for sale. You can only get it on Tidal. He tweeted that on February the 15th. Please to all my friends, fans, and music lovers, sign up to Tidal now. Also, all Good Friday songs will be on Tidal. Me and Kendrick got 40 songs. Me, Young Tug, got 40 songs. 40-40 Club. <laughs> <laughs> West has not posted any additional Good Fridays on Tidal since the arrival of Life Pablo. It was just as well it wasn't 37, because that just wouldn't have worked. 37, 37. Did you hear that track he did with Kendrick? No um, more parties in LA. Yeah, it's, it's terrific. Oh, it's great, it's yeah. Terrific. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good album. Um, but yeah, so a lawsuit, a $5 million lawsuit has been filed. And you think there's a case? Well, because clearly you can't take Kanye's advertising as a legal contract. <laughs> Man, I used to work in retail, and the amount of times I heard people tell me that they knew their rights. <laughs> Hold on, so, so sorry, I, I think I missed exactly why he's been sued. So your man is saying he essentially signed up to Tidal thinking that this album would only ever be available on Tidal, whereas now it's kind of on all the streams. Oh, Spotify. So it's just like, oh, I was throwing my money away. But I could have just stuck with my old account. Isn't there a case against Tidal or like Jay-Z and all complaining because they um, like basically thought of their figures and like they're way more than... I think when Jay-Z bought it, um, he was told, or he's yeah. saying that he was told they had a lot more than they had, and now he's kind of counter or something. He basically like, lost his shirt, as they'd say. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> title a, not going so expression. well. Yeah, what? Like, I mean, is I it, love that expression. I have, it, what's it even? What is title even? Like, so is it it's even Craig crazy? knows because Craig signed up. Craig signed up. I was just saying this earlier. I missed another month, so I like to cancel. I haven't heard anything. I don't see it anywhere. I've never. 
I don't use. It looks. It looks like Spotify. It looks. It's almost. It's blue. It's a blue version of Spotify. It's like Spotify with less music on it. But you can <laughs> get a higher, yeah, you can get a higher quality version, oh, which I can't tell the difference, to be no, honest. You can't, like. <laughs> but I was just like, because the first month was free, so I thought I might as well sign up to yeah, the twenty quid one. Yeah. But then I just missed the I next day. I think is for like, and then I miss, miss the people who've got home studios and like, yeah, yeah, real kind like, of audio files. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it's. I know in Apple Music they have the HQ like uh, selection when you go into settings. Yeah, there's actually a HQ thing and. Like, Neil Young had a thing, didn't he? I'm not sure if that's out yet. P- Pono or something like that, where he said it was literally like old vinyl. No, he actually said it was studio tape quality. Um, but it, the, the file sizes were just insane. Like yeah. I don't know how yeah. how why anyone look. Be lads, the point of the story is Michael Fassbender played Steve Jobs, right? And in that <laughs> film, and in that film, it ends with him saying to his daughter, "I'm going to put ten thousand songs in your pocket." Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, no. Perfect. And he kept his promise. I liked it. I thought it was. Great. I thought it was good as well. Yeah. I thought Fastbender was excellent as well. And ah, I, I got. To, I didn't see it. it. Got terrible reviews. So I didn't. It's know. an Aaron. It's Aaron Sorkin script though. Like, like I mean, like, like, like. It's just, he's an absolute ass. Just, it was, yeah. it was, I thought it was quite. It was pretty entertaining. And and you remember the moment? I mean, like you know, at the beginning when you're like, he doesn't really. It doesn't really look like Steve Jobs. <laughs> and then there's just like a moment <laughs> where he walks out, and you're like, so. Is that Steve Jobs or am I going insane? Yeah, yeah. Exactly like him. They also made pretty much everything up. Like 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 if you yeah. if you read kind of a what really happened thing, you're like, it's pure fiction. Aaron Sorkin was just like, I'm just gonna write a film about Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, all yeah. the dialogue, of course. But even like a lot of like, like it centers around three product launches and it's all about the tension in those build ups. Seth Rogan's actually very good in it. Or else Seth Rogan. Yeah, you yeah. know where they're screaming at each other in the auditorium and yeah. it wasn't like I don't know if they actually happen. <laughs> and he's got that great bit where he's like, again, total Aaron Sorkin script where like Seth Rogen's like, why is it that I just see you being called a genius every day? What, uh, what do you do? And yeah. he's like, I play the orchestra. Uh, and he's like, and you're the best musician in your row. It is that great Bill <laughs> Burr bit where he's just like, really, this is your guy. This is the genius. It's just like with his 50 kind of slave scientists just like, get on it. Music in my pocket. Get on it. Basically, <laughs> the, the king of delegation. Yeah. Like, and the, I'll reap all benefits. <laughs> I want a touch screen. To, uh, Go work on it for six years. <laughs> to wrap up the title thing, uh, yes. the, the, the complaint says this. By the time Mr. West changed course and broadly released Life of Pablo, the deceptive marketing ploy had served its purpose. It was very Bond villain dialogue, if you ask me. Title subscriber numbers had tripled. Streaming numbers were through the roof. And Title had collected the personal information, credit card numbers, and social media information of millions of deceived consumers. As a result, Title's valuation, the lifeblood of any new startup, soared. So yeah, I think there's a bit of a case there. I'm going to wager that... They're not going to win. He's, he's not going to win. When you like, sign up to it, which I've done, <laughs> but I didn't read any of the terms <laughs> and conditions, I'm going to guess that in that they at least have a thing where it's just like you're signing up to use this kind of piece of technology, this platform, and all of the content is variable to change or blah, blah, blah. Have you read the terms and conditions of this thing that you're still signed up no, to? No, of course not. Might be an idea. <laughs> I don't even know when I get put and I can like quit or like get out of it, but uh, like, I'm I never, guessing. I never, I never blow Are you sure you want to cancel time? <laughs> <laughs> this blonde woman comes, bombshell comes to your door. Hey, Craig, you got this new. I'm just title. sticking up for Jay Z in the hope that I get my money back. <laughs> He's not getting his money back. You're not getting your money back. God damn you, Jay. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam are the latest band to cancel their concert in North Carolina. They cancelled a gig that they were set to play last week uh, due to the House Bill Two, the Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act, which prohibits transgender people from using bathrooms and locker rooms that do not match "quote unquote" biological sex listed on their birth certificate. This follows on from Bruce Springsteen doing the exact same thing. Uh, the, the band have said. 
The practical implications are expansive and its negative impact upon basic human rights is profound. We want America to be a place where no one can be turned away from a business because of who they love or fired from the job for who they are. It is for this reason that we must take a stand against prejudice. Seems to be a lot of this happening now. A lot of people kind of, you know, doing the right thing. But like, I think we'd all be in agreement on, on the actions of Bruce Springsteen and Pearl Jam so far. It's of the course, right thing yeah. to do. Yeah, 100% big time. However, the one thing I would ask is, do fans have a right to feel shortchanged when it happens at such short notice? Is it the right form of protest, essentially? Exactly. I don't know. It's a, it's a, you know, it has been happening a lot. And obviously, you know, Israel, a lot of musicians just will refuse yeah. to go there now. Um, but it goes back to the 80s and apartheid and, you know, South Africa. And it seemed to have an effect. It seemed to have an impact because all these things do add up. And it hurts the reputation yeah. of the kind of very people that are putting in place these laws. So I think it actually does work it's kind of tried and tested as a method it seems I, to be over I wonder time, if there was I mean I guess it may not have been like was there was did they have notice did they know like obviously they got the dates back from the book in Asia and it was like okay we're playing here yeah like you know if they knew in good time then mm. if they left it so late then I guess there's a reason for, to be a little bit annoyed but yeah it seems at the end of the day I think I don't I think the fans will just agree and Project fans are, are pretty hardcore in yeah. as much as like they kind of tend to go with the band's ideals, and I'm sure people were very very gutted. But I'd say people were like, "Well, look, hopefully this can be amended somewhere down the road." Yeah, well, I'm sure like if Bruce Springsteen's like kicking kicking the start of the domino effect, like you're yeah. gonna follow suit. Yeah. Like Eddie Vedder's boss, always like... going to follow the boss, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> in everything. So every one of those kind of presidential rallies, Bruce is at. Eddie Vedder's yeah. there with kind of like a ukulele, just going, "Come on, let's do." Well, he did. Uh, he, <laughs> did your mirror. he did. He did release a statement. Uh, he said uh, about the fans. He said uh, he might not agree with this. He said they have a reason to be pissed, and we're pissed off too. Uh, but we've got to be pissed off at the right people and get them to change their minds because they made a mistake, a big mistake, and they can fix it. So again, I mean, like we, we talk all the time about you know if musicians and artists and actors and stuff kind of use their power for good, it would be a great thing. And I think, as you say, Bruce Springsteen has definitely kicked off a bit of a domino effect. Yeah, well, some artists have played. I think Cindy Lauper did a gig there. Um, Don't throw so. Cindy Lauper under the bus. Duran Duran, um, Mumford and Sons. Boo. I want to say yeah. as well. It's just like, but they all kind of issued statements saying, you know, we're very much against obviously what's going on, but they kind of continue to play gigs. But um, sweet, sweet dollar. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. it's actually worth pointing out that um, uh, Against Me performed as well, which is fronted by Laura Jane Grace, a transgender singer and guitarist, a very, very good band. But as they say, to raise awareness about the law and donate to local organisations. I guess, you know, there's different forms of protest. Uh, I remember, like, like, this is not quite on the same level, but I remember, like, when Tattoo the Planet happened over here in, like, 2001, not long after Pantera, 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 Pantera pulled out, yeah. pissing off an awful lot of people. But didn't Biohazard, who are from New York, come over and play? D- do I have that wrong? They oh, were on no the bill, and all, and I think... I could have sworn they came Slayer over. were on the bill as well. And Cradle of Filth, I think, yeah. were also on that bill. But I, I remember it was that was around the same time as I first started going to gigs. And obviously it didn't go, but I was sort of happy when Pantera cancelled. <laughs> like, well, maybe one day I'll get to see Pantera. And then that hope was dashed. Never getting back. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for the best at that point, though. Yeah. They got a bit rough towards the end. That was, that was the, the prime. Uh, in other news, Axel, Axel Rose is apparently the new frontman of ACDC. Yeah. yeah. Poor Al Bryan. Yeah, poor Al Bryan. I genuinely couldn't believe that when I saw it, but then I guess it is, you know, like it's happening. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Alice where Cooper. Did that come from? Alice Cooper has endorsed this. He said, "I think it's such a great idea 
Uh, <laughs> he said it in that exact a, way. He, he, he said, <laughs> after checking his he bank said, uh, he said, <laughs> on his phone. He said, uh, a unique combination. Whoever has tickets to that show has got the golden ticket. Because oh, who well, doesn't, really? okay. doesn't want to see that? I presume someone handed him a bag with like a big dollar sign. Who's yeah. paying? Like, ACDC's crew I've never been too keen on Axl Rose's voice. It's just it's he has always... Been, has been great since way. the 90s. Like. Yeah. It, like, it, just, it all just worked with Guns N' Roses. But if you're like when you, if you actually just focus in on his voice and even the slower songs you're like yeah it works but ugh. it's a bit it's, <laughs> it's like kind it's, of like it's a really harsh, bad like, robert plant kind of yeah. more nasally mm. well he was he was fun he was absolutely i mean fantastic. yeah the original guns and roses people are open arms obviously because they think there's a few better ca- candidates because they want the closest thing to brian yeah adam Shit. lambert anyone yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but brian's vocals i mean they're so distinctive and so yeah. what you think of when you think of that band mm. that i don't know if it'll work obviously they have the tunes um but yeah, you'd kind of, you're missing a big component there. Yeah. It's not just someone that's interchangeable. Does he um, have a broken leg as well? Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's on Dave Grohl's throne, yeah. his guitar Game of Thrones. <laughs> is he just yeah. giving that around? I think he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a nice man in rock, nice man. Guy. Really uh, nice guy. Axl Rose guy. these days, but he looks like. Do you remember that? Do you remember that like a uh, like cartoon movie like Five Goes West or like an American Tale, or whatever that was called? There was a big cat thing in that. <laughs> That's what Axl Rose looks like. He does like. look a bit like a cat. Yeah. He looks like he's training to be in like a horrible ECW ripoff. It's not yeah. good. Does he still it's have the cornrows and yeah. bandana? And can he still sing? I haven't heard any. I haven't heard him sing. He was okay at that April first thing that the Troubadour. Uh, the Hollywood, the footage he's, from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. like he's, he's all right. Deteriorated like, too badly, but it's just kind of. There was some over. footage of him <laughs> about about six months ago, and it sounded like a cat getting caught under a car. Like it was just like this is not good. Okay, this is not good for anybody. You can't really have yeah. bad days when you're singing ACDC tunes. No. And Guns and Roses are definitely doing a tour, aren't they? I think they that's are, pretty yeah. much confirmed. So it's not going to work. What is, God, will the old magic like, be there? No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> is he covering the those cancelled dates, the ACDC dates? Because it's like it's halfway so. through that tour. Yeah, I think they are. Well, well it's, it's the Ju- June dates, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, early May to mid June uh, European Stadium tour. Um, again, that's kind of one of the things where you're like, you buy a ticket to that show, you get Axel fucking Rose. You're like, is this really what I wanted? Yeah. <laughs> like. I guess they're You'd probably still they're, go they're, rather. They're quite stuck. Like I mean, they're obviously in a, in a very difficult mm, position. It's worth a lot of money to them this tour. And that band, ACDC, is just like dissolving like nothing else. Yeah. Like in recent years, through very different circumstances, yeah, yeah. none of which good. And you're no, just like, no. Jesus Christ, what's next? Yeah, <laughs> Axel Rose kind of ending up as your front man is probably like the the, the big <laughs> dear, yeah. yeah the that's pits. probably something that, yeah. that who did you foresee. who did you piss off and imagine off. you have to put up yeah. with him like ah. you just know he's going to be a head wrecker on the tour bus ah, probably has his own tour bus there was a story there was a story there was a story about one of Guns N' Roses old managers back in like during the height of their of their kind of fame and apparently Axel Rose was behaving like an absolute prick every night as you might imagine really yeah shocking I know <gasps> and apparently like this tour manager had to like get them all in shape and like Axel Rose was like I'm not going to the next city man I'm staying here in this casino and the guy was like okay how about if I roll like you know fucking two sixes or something yeah. you know you get on the bus and you go and if I roll anything else you can stay and I'll quit and your man rolled it and got it and he said that Axel Rose never spoke to him again but he went and did the thing so it's like imagine having huh. to play those games ah, should I tell my story that I heard about Axel Rose do you want to tell the story no, allegedly no, no, it's, no it's totally libelous like it's the we can no, I think I think we can. We can bleep it out. <laughs> I was talking to Johnny Jill from Chromatics, and he was staying in the same hotel as him, and he just heard wor- weird stuff going on. And as the night progressed, he got concerned. But I can't say anymore. I'm not, <laughs> really uh, can't. Well. <laughs> there was a ghost in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a real. That's yeah, thought, when yeah. they when they unmasked the ghost, it was <laughs> Axl Rose from the haunted amusement park. <laughs> 
Um, shall we shall we talk about the Ivor Novello nominations? Because like that's an award show yeah. that no one gives a shit about. Well, it seems to be this weirdly kind of prestigious thing. I don't know why. Is it just because mad? It sounds old? like Ivor Novello. Yeah, it sounds does sound. Great. It sounds classier, doesn't it? I believe just, uh, Sam Rivers, bass player in Limp Bizkit back in the day, got Ivor Novello. Great bassist. Oh, so They're good, an underrated man. band. I mean, like everyone ah, focuses nah. on Fred Durst, but the music was fucking. Oh, great. like they, yeah, now nah, big hundred percent back Limp Bizkit every day. Yeah, yeah. Sam yeah. Rivers as well was unreal. It's everyone that band are just seriously talented. John Otto. Yeah, DJ Letho, bring, bring it on! on. Got a name drop. <laughs> <laughs> name drop. I was in his house. What? In, yeah. in DJ Lethal's house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. There's a few stories. <laughs> My jaw is like, stories. Like, few stories. Are they like, libelous <laughs> like crazy? Can we, can was Axel Rose there? Yeah. <laughs> 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 was there weird? Yeah. Was he? Was Axel Rose there dressed like a ghost with chains <laughs> on his feet? Yeah. <laughs> Alleged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, DJ Lethal's house. That's pretty good. Yeah, go for it, Kev, tell it. Where, by the way? Latvia? LA, basically, the studio that we recorded in, our record label, head of, head of record label, and him, DJ Lethal, owned it. So he'd come over, and then, like, one day, like, a record label, because we were staying in his house, so he's like, oh, let's go over to DJ's house. And I was like, is anyone to come? He's like, yes! <laughs> so I just went out, and he just like, has this, like, normal house, like, in the suburbs, and then it's, like, in the back, he has this, like, uh, shed out the back with every record ever and then like wow. saw the moon man and all the awards didn't Lango, I think Lango said he was like you were driving you were with Baron and then it was like oh we're just gonna, we just gotta we just gotta stop in here oh yeah so Sorry. he didn't actually say you were going to to Leto's gaff and then like Lango was like yeah we just say he was like oh yeah come on in and then we just walked in and we we're like where, where like actually where are we and then it was like DJ Leto <laughs> just walked in and was like all ah, right, yeah, yeah, we're in DJ Lethal's gaff. Jeez. And then the Moon Man and the yeah. whole, the rest of it was there, but random. Fucking that unreal, though. Was random. That was random. Is he a good guy? Lovely guy. Yeah, he's bang on, yeah. Excellent. He came down to the studio a couple of times, and obviously because he co-owns it, and he'd just hang out, and he was super nice. He used to, he put, he, <laughs> this car he was driving, man. I don't, I, I don't know what it was, but it was just the most over-the-top, insane-looking L.A. car. <laughs> no just, way. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> DJ uh, Lethal. No, he's, not, he's not L.A. at all. Yeah, man. yeah. But uh, he was real sound, yeah. Nice dude. How did you not get him on for, like, a track? Like, like you could have said, yeah. DJ Lethal, bring it on. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. At least a bonus, <laughs> come on. Right you give DJ Lethal the, the bonus. It all builds. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, my God, I love that. But like, there's five, other, there's four other people in the band, and yeah, you know, I assume you still have his contact details. We can make this. Happen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. come over, get him on the podcast. Get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Iron Bell nominations. There's not that many of them, and there's only three per category, which I kind of like. I hate these categories where there's like 19 fucking yeah. people. Like, you know, like, well, that's just for the publicity, really. Okay, so best song somewhere. musically and lyrically: Ed Sheeran with Bloodstream, okay, Wolf yeah. Alice with Bros, and Jamie Lawson, who's the proto type Ed Sheeran with "Wasn't Expecting That." Yeah, you see, there are always these kind of songs every year. It's not great, really, is it? No, it's not. It's and not it's great. Not based, it, Hold on, what are these awards? The, the Iron Novello Awards. Essentially the, for songwriting, I think, is it's, the overall. Oh, yeah, 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 pretty much. Oh, it's, it's meant to recognize craft. Yeah. And so, do, do, so did this each artist write their own song? Like, yeah. Have, you, yeah. You yeah. Have I think to write so, your own stuff or at least be heavily involved. I think okay, it's the writer that would be, yeah. Honored, um, None of them are particularly great. Bros is a good song. They're not. Wolf it's not based on sales, though, or kind of any popularity thing. So it's a, literally just a committee saying, oh, "This is what we think are the strongest songs," which yeah. doesn't really make sense to me. Adele's uh, Adele's twenty five record was snubbed. 
That's the narrative. <laughs> she was snubbed, even though it's a really average record. Yeah. If not, in fact, quite a bad one, I would say. I haven't actually listened nah, to it. No, yeah. wouldn't. Gave her spin, I think. It's more Muzak than music. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I like her, but... Yeah, yeah she's cool. The music is beige as fuck, though. Mm. Um, best contemporary song, uh, Snake Hips, featuring Tanash and Chance the Rapper, All My Friends. That's a really good song. Roots Maneuver with Cargo and Skepta with Shutdown, which will win and is a good song. Banger. Mm. He's doing very, very He's doing very, very well himself, yeah. Um, Fair play. Uh, PRS for music uh, most performed work. James Bay, who uh, I guess if he takes that hat off, he dies. Uh, Hold (laughs) back the... Source of all his powers. Can't can't get into James Hold back the river. Uh, I hate that song. I can't hate that song. Hold back the river. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Get it away from Uh, me. Jess Glynn with Hold My Hand, which I believe sounds like... That's all she does. That's the hook. Uh, and ye- years and years <laughs> with years and, years, years, years and years with King, uh, which I think is one of those crappy songs that appears on a FIFA game. Those three songs alone could be like put up there as problems with British music right now. Like it's yeah. very and but, 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 I mean British pop music, British mainstream chart pop music. Uh, it's they're, mm. they're no good. Okay, best album Villagers is in there for best Badly. album. No way. With, That's uh, certainly a very well crafted record. Yeah, so. Darling yeah. Arithmetic, which is a lovely record. Uh, Jamie XX with In Colour, which I quite liked. What a Jamie XX whopper. And Gaz Coombs of Supergrass with Matador. That's very strong. He's yeah. a great songwriter. He really is. I mean, Supergrass had some absolute oh, tunes. Yeah. Um, this is a bit more mature. Seems like a... Hitting 40 or whatever, but it's it's very nice. He actually. seems like an absolute gent as well. Yeah, he yeah, and it's quite experimental as well. He, like, he does some... I mean, it's not off-the-wall avant-garde stuff, but it certainly takes a few risks with it, and the songs are there. They're strong as well. So, yeah, that's a very good record. Uh, best original film score, Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury for Ex Machina, which is a really good score and a really good movie. That's a... Very, very good movie. Uh, John Powell for Pan, the Peter Pan film that no one watched. And Faris Badwan of The Horrors and Rachel Zafira for The Duke of Burgundy, which is a really good art house film. I didn't know they did the soundtrack. It's very okay, good. Yeah. Uh, that again, that's kind of one of the, the, that's why this, this is a very, very strange awards thing where you're like, there's actually some really good stuff here. Yeah. But yeah it's, it's pretty like... It makes the kind of judging. I wonder how many judges there are. I wonder what, what it's kind of based on. I wonder if it's probably a kind of choice style thing. I don't know. Uh, you were on the choice panel before. I was, yeah. Uh, it's all a big, big hoax, big fix, isn't it? It's all industry <laughs> paramount. You fix, fucking yeah. sold out, didn't you? <laughs> why, the, why didn't Red Enemy win? Stuff. We're Dirty still waiting stuff. for our email. It must have went to the spam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you're not going to get going to get anything bar the you know bigger stuff. But to be fair, the whole process is trying to whittle down everyone's. Like you give a kind of long list yourself, and then they have to be given votes. So essentially, you're only going to get ones that cross over with other people's right, lists. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but it's very nature. It's kind of choosing it by committee. But I actually really enjoyed the process. Like I think everyone was really passionate. They'd spent you know months with the albums. Uh, there was no one there just going, "Oh yeah, we should give it to such and such because they're cool." You know, it was like three hours of just going, "No, you're wrong. This is fucking really good." And blah, Who won it your year again? Del Rentos for With the, little, yeah. little Sparks. Yeah, yeah. That's Which an excellent really record, yeah. record. Yeah, a really, really, that's yeah, that's a worthy winner. Uh, a band that I always thought were all right, and then I heard that album, and I was like, "Holy shit, they're fucking great!" It's kind of yeah, a different level. Um, but uh, speaking of different level, Jack White, <laughs> noted, noted baseball fan. That that link doesn't work at all. But we're going to no. go with it. <laughs> speaking of different level, different story. Uh, Jack White is not a baseball fan, and he's now uh, become a co-investor and a co-partner in Warstick, an independent sporting goods company that makes wood and metal baseball and softball bats. But this isn't that strange for him, is it? Like, he does loads of this kind of craft-based stuff, I think. Well, like he, he started it as a, an upholstery, yeah. Yeah. That was essentially his gig before. Well, he has music. said okay. that there is a lot of room to explore aesthetic ideas in just baseball alone that can bring beauty and purpose to the weapons that athletes use to accomplish their goals. He just saw cash. 
<laughs> probably. That's probably a uh, strange one, yeah, but... Yeah. But, like, his third man place does have all these strange things where he built, like, an old uh, recording booth where you used to be able to go in in, like, the 1920s and stuff and just get this kind of wax cylinder of you kind of talking for two minutes and Neil Young ended up recording an entire album just him and wow. a guitar in the thing and he's done these like three-sided vinyls and kind of real just oddball stuff so he does it seems to he's be more about the craft than him trying to act, you, you know he's never going to get rich from that end of things he seems hugely respected kind of in a lot of ways yeah not just his music but so what I'm hearing here genius. is that that's not a wacky enough business venture for a musician no. Okay, well, in the absence of Colm Regan, our top ten king, <laughs> I will take up the mantle. Okay. Here's the top ten musicians with wacky business ventures. <laughs> but actually, not all of them are wacky, but uh, some of them are. So we'll start off with the obvious one, Kiss, and uh, just about everything. 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 In at number ten. From, like condoms to coffins. Uh, totally and sorted. the infamous Kiss Casket. Yeah. yeah. That episode of Cribs. That was oh. the one. So I green. actually haven't seen it. <laughs> what? Wow. Have you not? Ah, is, is it Gene Simmons' house? He, oh, ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. he has like a giant hall with every bit of kiss. <laughs> and he pulls up, he pulls up in a limo inside <laughs> <laughs> his own gaff. My favourite Gene Simmons moment was when, do you remember you used to do that rock school thing? Yeah. Where you'd like train, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, young yeah. aspiring rock stars. And um, one of his lessons was he brought them onto the classroom and around the kind of walls of the classroom he had like pictures of Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, yeah. blah, 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 all these greats. And you, you think he's going to go, don't waste your life's kids, you know, you know, just avoid the pressures of the industry. And he just goes, died at 27, died at 27. <laughs> just goes, you can't make any money if you're dead, kids. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jesus. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's all about money. Yeah. In fact, Kiss have even gone so far as to have their own American football team. The Los Angeles Kiss. Um, <laughs> right? Well, they couldn't really go with kisses, could they? No. <laughs> you just rub your tongue all over. Arena, arena League football. Uh, again, I wish Colin was here because he'd be able to educate us on just how low down that peck uh, that is. is. That that? That's, that's um, XFL, is it? No, well, the, Mad, the, X- it? the XFL was the WWF failed oh. promotion. but I, 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 I feel like Arena's just one drop down, isn't it? Is it might it? Be totally well, it's definitely not, it, they're not in the NFL. No, they're no, not getting no. the Super Bowl anytime soon. But get this, right? So they took over that... Uh, Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons took that over in 2014. Uh, the manager of this team resigned last year, so presumably there's been some creative differences with Oh, kids. no, the coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do the team have to wear the face paint and stuff? Like, that would uh, just be brilliant. They don't. They, oh, that, that, that's a missed opportunity, I agree. Really However, I will say this. The games are themed to echo a Kiss music concert. Games open with an electric guitar rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. There is loud pyrotechnics and music throughout the game. The Kiss logo is plastered everywhere on the arena football field, on the end zone, and on the flame-emblazoned jerseys in the stands. There are Kiss Girls dance squad in black leather, and the team's artificial turf is also coloured in a unique silver colour scheme. Sounds awesome, to be honest. I want to go. That's the American dream right there. (laughs) Uh, So obviously, you know, we we weren't going to be able to do this this list without Kiss. They had to be there. In at number nine, 50 Cent's Condoms. Yeah, I mean, that's a kind of standard rapper yeah. thing, isn't it, really? Vodka as well. And yeah. vitamin water. Vitamin water. And headphones. Yeah. yeah. And he's broke, apparently? Yeah. Well, that was the thing where he declared himself broke, that's so he didn't have to. He definitely has cash. Though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's... We made all his standard. money, more or less. Well, not all his money. Obviously, he was kind of successful as a musician. But, like, most of his kind of empire was vitamin water, apparently. He just made billions and billions on it. I assume he's got some stake in Kevlar Vest as well. He must do, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Him and, yeah. him and the boy band Five <laughs> be, be, yeah. started a joint venture. <laughs> and D'Lo Brown from WWF. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, remember when JLS brought out their own condom range as well? Yeah. Just oh be, just God, love sex. I remember oh, that. Jesus. I bought a pack of those. Yeah! What? <laughs> to use what? it down Doyle's 
What are options? For music purposes. Shut up, yeah. Because he loves JLS that much. Social experiment. Social experiment. What were your findings? Um... I got to write a, a Charlie Brooker-esque column about it when I was in college. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's really the kind of end game there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, without, without naming names, um, did you use yeah, them and go, it. "This is my JLS condom"? <laughs> this one's special. Yeah, in that in that tone of voice. Yeah, yeah. This one's special. Was, yeah, one's was special. there anything special about it? Like, was it? No, it was your favorite. Or did they? Who's uh, your favorite? I, I I bought the ones with uh, uh, I think it was Oretze or whatever his name was. I know. Were they different yeah, sizes? Yeah. Like, did they have the realistic <laughs> measurements? Of, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, that's I don't think true. it was a Ramstein thing. Oh. Where they, <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, but um, are they still on the market? I'm not too sure. Uh, that so one pack that I bought. Uh, okay, in at number eight, Lemmy's motor headphones. Lemmy Kilmeister, may he rest in peace. His rock ready headphones apparently bring out mid range sounds as a riposte to Beats' emphasis on bass. Interesting. Uh, he Lemmy described Beats as listening through its hell, um, <laughs> but the reviews for his own product were lukewarm, and they struggled to set the world alight. Yeah, yeah I understand the base. It's, it's a bold. Uh, it's a bold move. It you know, is. mids are they're not the most enjoyable. No, sometimes. they're not. Like I appreciate what he's going for there, but you know. But he is is it like I mean it's Lemmy like he just. Stand he probably doesn't have the chainsaw every night. Anyway. Yeah. Do you reckon he had is. much of a kind of input in that? Oh, as, 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 someone uh, just came I, I like the idea that, like, that like, we're yeah. imagining him in like a workshop. <laughs> 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 it's the fucking Motorhead logo <laughs> yeah. on, a, on a set of headphones. He just signed something like when he went back to, went back Grand, to the train. You see yeah. someone walking in the street and you see them li- like wearing them. They just have this <laughs> constant gurn on their face. He's using the lemmy headphones. It's got to be. I had Title down for number seven, but we've kind of covered that one. And it's not really a wacky venture or such, but it's one that might get Mike Hash. <laughs> one that will not crash and burn until Craig finally pulls that plug. Okay, now if I said the name Pitbull, what would you say he's invested in? Uh, Air fresheners, probably not music. Suits. And you might toys. be. Supp- you Underwear. might. You might I think surprised. like a vodka or like a tequila, maybe. He has yeah. invested in a vodka brand, but he's also a proud Cuban American who cares deeply about his community, and he's become one of pop music's most unlikely champions of the charter school movement. He opened sports leadership and management Slam in the little Havana neighborhood of his native Miami to help underprivileged kids reach for the kinds of ambitious accomplishments that he rose up to over the course of his own career. Go yeah, on. Yeah. Go on. Fair play. Fair I actually heard him on. Fair He's been on Howard Stern once or twice and really? Uh, really kind of interesting, kind of thoughtful guy that, you know, but yeah, wrong side <laughs> that of the track. music doesn't yeah. I know, it doesn't reflect he, at all. Yeah. Like, you're just like, who is this other character churning out this pap <laughs> when just, he's like, it, you know. I admire people like that sometimes just who who are so focused and on 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 their product and yeah, their brand yeah. and it's just a they money just maker, kill it like it's yeah just, it's just okay. but like they have this whole other life of like being grand yeah yeah and uh, he seems to be that kind of person yeah so you know we'll, we'll get him on the podcast he'll talk all about <laughs> it uh, Sammy <laughs> Sammy Hager's in at number five says here that he's the living embodiment of the American dream if that dream is to spend a decade as lead singer of Van Halen relocate to Cabo San Lucas Mexico and then turn <laughs> a boutique tequila brand into a hundred million dollar paycheck. Yeah. When he sold an 80% stake in Cabo Wabo for, in 2007 for $80 million, it was the second best-selling premium tequila in the United States. After serving as brand ambassador for another few years, I'm sure that was a laugh riot, Hager sold the remainder of his shares in 2010 for another $15 million. Uh, he maintained his ownership of a related restaurant chain, as well as his own beach bar and grill, which is six locations from Maui to New York. Smart man, I would say. <laughs> Invested well, I wisely. these were supposed to be wacky. That is kind of wacky, isn't it? <laughs> well, tequila and restaurants... Yeah, I suppose so. It's kind of your standard rock fair, though, isn't it? Oh, well, I'm very, very sorry. 
Okay, I'm very sorry. <laughs> Smart investment. It's like footballers in the 80s just buying a pub when they retired. Like, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. you do, isn't it? <laughs> okay, well, fine. Uh, how about the singer from Tool, Maynard James Keenan, and uh, Vineyard? Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Number Solid. four. That's, that's, awesome. that's number four. He got he got into Vineyards. Uh, I would love to taste that wine, even though I don't like wine. So there you go. Send us a bottle. Where do you know what a vineyard is? <laughs> uh, I do. It's in California. Oh, There's yes. got to be some joke Northern about how long it take to... Good for the grape. Yeah. Uh, they currently ship to 23 states. And Washington, D.C. It's <laughs> very strange. Uh, so while you can't quite get keen to follow up 10,000 days just yet, you can get them sending you a case of the good stuff. Well, that's bollocks, whoever wrote this, because apparently that, their follow-up album's coming out this year. There's in... Weren't there a big legal battle for a while drop, with, like, the... Fifth they got member. sorted yeah. though a few yeah. months ago. I think they're kind of on the right track now. Okay, I promise you the top three is where it gets a bit wacky. Okay, okay. cool. Number three. You can tell the X Factor win- winner 2008, Alexandra Burke, was super excited to appear on Argos TV to launch her Argos exclusive watch, sorry, exclusive watch collection in December 2011. Just 23 at the time, she informed viewers that Christmas is a good time to have a watch because you can look at the watch and know that it's Christmas. Hold on. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I really hope she made money off that. <laughs> okay, in a number two, uh, Akon. I remember him. Oh yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. some ambassador and stuff like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> not for this. Him and um, people go around just like feeding yeah, yeah. orphan children. In yeah. 2005, the rapper behind such hits as Smack That and I Want to Love You bought a diamond mine in South Africa. That's why he's probably turned over the good books. It gets better. Oh, when dude. asked how he acquired the land, Akon <laughs> replied, It's real complicated. You can just know that I own it. Oh, Akon wears it's diamonds. It's complicated. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Akon yeah. wears diamonds that only come from his mind. <sighs> in 2007, when people found out about this purchase, he got into some hot water by claiming that he, quote, didn't believe in conflict diamonds. <laughs> And does he wear the bones of He's the dead peacemaker. people who mined the diamonds? He's a peacemaker. <laughs> Let the man, he has an official statement on the matter. That's just a just movie. trying to earn some money, Kev. <laughs> That's, just, That's that just a movie, he said. Think about it. Ain't nobody thought about nothing about no conflict diamonds until, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> until the movie came out. I presume he's referring to Blood Diamond yeah, with Leonardo yeah, yeah, DiCaprio yeah, yeah. and Jamon Honsu. Uh, so there you go. My God. So I love that. Think on. about it. Think about Seriously, it. Seriously, guys, you're letting yourself down. That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're all just stupid and we never think. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah. And in nutty. at number one. Okay. How can you top that? Billy Corgan and Resistance Pro Wrestling. Yeah, okay. Billy Corgan, a long-time wrestling fan, would often show up at WWF and uh, ECW events in the crowd and, you know, occasionally taking part. Would he uh, fight, yeah? Well, no, I think the ECW did a thing where like, he hit a guy with a kendo stick badly okay, yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. and it looked terrible because uh, he's not trained properly. Uh, he formed a Chicago-based independent wrestling promotion in 2011. Uh, he would throw in the tail about three or four years later. He went on to consult and even write storylines for Total Nonstop Action, known as TNA, a.k.a. Impact Wrestling, a company which has always been an utter joke, yet still clings to life somehow. Highlights include him having a back and forth with wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer after Meltzer correctly reported on TNA losing their television deal and numerous instances of incompetent business and quality practices, during which Corgan came across as painfully out of his depth. So he's no longer running a wrestling federation, but he still kind of has, has a little toe in the water there. Wow. 
And, you know, what do we think about Billy Corgan these days? William Corgan or whatever. I like him. I like the fact he's around. Me too. Um, I don't know anything about him. Quote. I don't know if we need him in a wrestling ring, though. No, no definitely yeah, not. Stick to the tunes, mate. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like I should apologize to Cullen because I think we peaked at two there. You can't really beat <laughs> yeah. a- Akon's Diamond Mine. No, no, it sounds like a theme park, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Akon's yeah. Diamond Mine. The worst think theme park. About it. Ain't nobody's seen nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't saying nothing. Yeah, it's a real strong denial. Uh, okay, I guess we're going to take a quick break now, and we're going to play the track of the week, which is DJ Shadow featuring Run the Jewels. And it sounds like this. Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips, I am sick. I will punch a baby bear in his shit. Give me lip, I'm going to send you to the yard, get a stick, make a switch. I can end the conversation real quick. I am crap, I ain't lying, kick a lion in this crack. I'm the shit, I will fall off in your crib, take a shit, hit your mama on the booty, kick your dog, fuck your bitch. That boy dressed up like you sound on and took pictures with your kids. We the best, we will cut a fronty face in your chest, little wench. I'm going to mention a brief I'm a Mitch, get correct. I will walk into a court while they wreck, screaming, Yes, I am guilty, motherfuckers. I am death. Hey, you wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. That was DJ Shadow with Run the Jewels. Nobody speak. Uh, I'm a huge Run the Jewels fan. It's good to have DJ Shadow back. What do we all think about them? Those I mean, people. It's got to be. Jewels. It's like a dream collaboration, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Run the Jewels blew me away. It was kind of like, again, it was like another 
I think when Kendrick like came out with Go Kid Mad City and then I hadn't listened to hip hop in so long. Yeah. And I was just like that just it just grabbed me in every single way at the time and then and then again when Run the Jewels came out I was like, Whoa you know, this was just like a whole another kind of energy. Definitely. And I yeah. just got obsessed with them. I've seen them like three times now. They're amazing and, live uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, they're absolutely incredible. I'm a huge, huge fan. Still haven't seen them live, but I'm a massive, massive fan of that second album, so they're yeah. fucking great guys as well like uh, there was uh, a long form interview that they did with the AV Club where they only talked about Steven Seagal movies oh. and it's the greatest thing I've ever read in my life <laughs> well like the, the Bernie Sanders and Killer Mike thing mm. is amazing that's class yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a legend yeah. uh, Killer Mike in that interview uh, is just not having it like he's not in Steven Seagal movies at all and LP is obsessed and there's like it just keeps going on and there's a part where he's like right Mike and Mike's like I can't fucking believe they let you do this interview like it's it's brilliant <laughs> what's Steven Seagal up to do you say is he still the sheriff of some weird town Oh so yeah, they, possibly. I think he's just starring in direct to video or direct to okay. streaming same movies. As, same as yeah, uh, taking credit for Anderson Silva's victories in the Boot UFC. Kick, the kick to the yeah, that was strange, the wasn't it? He, he taught him there. He taught, <laughs> he taught him how to kick a guy in the face. Um, but yeah, so that's DJ Shadow. Uh, we're fans, but we're also fans, Craig, aren't we, of Red Enemy? Who are here right now? Yeah, and they've been here for a while. Hi guys. This is where we this is where we would seamlessly normally segue into the interview portion, but because they've been here. You know, it's a little bit strange. Now, Kev, before we kind of get going with some questions for you about yes. the band, you did say that you were looking forward to Craig being in the studio. We, me and Craig were in primary school together. We were, yeah. Back in the day. did Who bullied who? <laughs> no, and we were mates like in we fifth were, and sixth class, and then we went our separate ways. Yeah. We went to different, different schools. schools. Mm. You know, not that exciting, no, actually. <laughs> but yeah, the lip. The lip represent. Massive. Yep. Um, the lip, the lip, the lip. Good times. I was hoping there'd be the odd punch thrown, but no, I guess not. Nah. That was probably you. You probably ah, hit me once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. School of, v, school of Regia digs during maybe like triple bulldog and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. That was good cracking <laughs> in those primary schools. Was, I was in the one. Feels. I was in the one right beside them, and uh, it was just a bit mad. Yeah, three primary schools right beside each other. <laughs> it was uh, pretty uh, unique. Shout out to another lip artist, Sinead White. You, yeah. you on the lip? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, Confi. Oh, comfy from scum. here. Yeah, Hiller scum. scum. Are you aware of Hiller scum? Uh, no, you, you've said it on nights out before. <sighs> you oh, just, that you, was fucking. <laughs> 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 you just oh, randomly, you just randomly like in the workman's where we just gone Hiller Hiller scum. Yes, scum. yes. And I don't know what it means. He said right. Are we going to talk about it? Are we? Yeah, let's gonna talk have to about it now. So right, leaks up divided into two areas: <laughs> the hill and the far end. This is very West Side Story. It's and like basically. Lots of conflict over the years, and uh, they used to meet up every like weekend on that the bridge, bridge. Yeah, yeah. down and at the end of my estate. Beats the living crap <laughs> out of each other. It, it, it all kind of like there was leaks of used to have a festival every summer in the June Bank holiday. Still do, yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah, still do. But like back <laughs> back when we first moved there in like the early nineties, and all the way through the nineties, it was just Mayhem. free for all. Like you'd have like everyone from the hill would come down, and everyone from the far end would meet. And then, like, tensions would start building towards the evening when all the parents and would go home with their kids. And then it would just kick off in a big way. Like, and then it would just be random incidents <laughs> I remember, like, throughout the year. It was I insane. remember like, Richie Cavanagh played and it all kicked off. Oh, yes. And Richie Cavanagh kicked. I'd say that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah, say yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. So, wait a minute. Is this, is this exclusively confined to the ages of primary school? Or, for example, are, no. there, are there lads now in, like, their 40s just randomly having... No, uh, it doesn't really Scraps. Not. It was, like... The resentment still yeah. is there, you know. It's um, but that festival, it's like, yeah, people go for a fight and a festival break out, you know. It was that kind of. It's just a classic because I like so many people. It's like the hill just divides 
the two areas. It's just like it's like it's just a wall. There is some like houses a wall. are slightly more elevated. <laughs> yeah. Potentially, and, but like anytime everyone's like, oh, I know, oh, yeah, I know people from Leeds. Where are they from? Where are they from? It's like oh, they're from Comfy, and then I was like, oh, I just there's no way I'm gonna know them. It's like I didn't, <laughs> I knew very few people from up the hill, and vice versa. So it was like, I don't know. I think that's why it just became this thing. It's the most ridiculous. Living thing. two separate lives in the same area and then find each other on a bridge every weekend <laughs> it doesn't I don't, I don't even think it's really much of a thing anymore no well we've all moved on we're all different people now uh, you're from Drogheda so <laughs> there must be what it's just everyone in Drogheda hates everyone else in Drogheda no it's, 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 it's Drogheda Dundalk those okay. two towns oh, yeah. so that's a bit of a separation it's a real I mean, Springfield Shelby s- scenario that, you know? I lived like I lived on the same road as like the football stadium stadium's a bit of a generous word Whenever Drogheda, whenever Dundalk would come to town, like <laughs> I look out my window and you just see like every garden, the fucking town there. Uh, I once saw a guy. Green mile, like <laughs> yeah. I once saw a guy. It was like they, the guardy had got these new battens. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, and boy, I, did they want to use uh, them? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I knew a guy. I know Jeez, a guy. I can't who, wait to use these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at the whip on this thing. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Dundalk will play in next Friday. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, I can't wait. Like a friend of mine is in is in the guard, so like he was, he mentioned that they happen to have this new weaponry, and I was looking out my window, and it was the it was the post match, and there was like some roustabouts doing roustabout things, and you could tell, and one of them kept like doing the arms out, come on, come then, at me, bro, come at me, bro, at one of the guards, who was like kind of like no no like put his hand out and was like no no move on move on and the guy was having none of it so next thing I just saw you know like he just gets this baton thing and like whoosh, like whips it out. It hits the ground, like, and, like, you can hear steel <laughs> on stone. And then this guy's still coming at him, and he just whacks him on, like, the shins. Yeah. Guy goes down in, like, a fucking, like, sack of dirt. Uh, <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> sack of dirt. Jesus. Unbelievable. It, like, it was, like, you know, bravado fucking dickhead to whelping guy on the ground in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> so, you know. That's the that's drug. sums it up, That's really. the drug. That's where I'm from. But, uh, yeah, so, Red Enemy... Gig coming up in the Workman's Club with the winter passing. And chewing on tinfoil. And chewing on tinfoil, just chewy, announced. Yeah. Just announced. Uh, what day are we at here? 14th of May. 14th of May, the day after Overhead the Albatross released their debut album. Yep. A good weekend for Irish yep. music right there. So. Mm-hmm. And now, the last time I saw you play was in the Workman's Club, where you were electrocuted on stage. I think <laughs> Vin- Vincent Casey was behind something. Yeah, yeah. It was planned. Sabotage. That's Sabotage. Classic, classic Vinny. Classic Craven classic and Gutless. He's gutless, he is. Vinny Casey. And there was no remorse. He said, good. Good for <laughs> you. That was crazy, though. That was... Is your leg... Was, his le- like, his leg was in, in bits uh, for like... Tell like us, two uh, weeks tell us exactly what happened. I was singing a song, having a little bop, and then I felt what well, well, felt like I thought Jay, our bassist, might have dropped his bass on the back of my leg, and I turned around, but Jay wasn't there. And then I thought <laughs> it was the Axl Rose ghost. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was a puka behind me, but uh, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, my leg's a bit sore," so I like put some weight on it, and then I just fell over because my leg was dead. Jesus! And it was dead. That was the second song into a twelve-song set, so that was fun. I didn't notice this <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah, I had two points at the drum kit, and I drank both of them. <laughs> just yeah, I just turn, I remember turning around because I saw him, I saw something happen, and I, I saw him kind of like yelp or something and then I turned around and he was just down by the kit and he was just like drinking and he was singing while he was drinking and I was like ever the professional I was like, I was like what the-? I was like yeah alright and then he's like fucking I'm getting electrocuted like pissing himself laughing and I was like enjoy your drink like, enjoy your like, beverage he was just like no go on go on keep going keep going and then and how's the set like how did you f- it must have just been a nightmare for you internally it was, it was, it was, it was a s- sore like right 
four more songs left. <laughs> four yeah. more songs left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I finished, and I was like, oh, I went down yeah. stairs, and like it's, when the adrenaline kicks off or wears off, you're just like, oh, what my leg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The adrenaline will get you through, no bother. Are you kind of accident prone in general on stage? Uh, who? Oh, now to point just, fingers. Just before we went to America, uh, I almost ruined the whole fucking thing <laughs> by like blinding our singer. <laughs> but uh, where are we playing? Fibbies. Yeah, Fibbies. it was like a like one of our last shows before we went away, and it was pretty mental. And I just like just swung my guitar. I was playing like one of my guitars was a pointy headstock. I just swung it back and just cracked Kev. Still has a scar. <laughs> like scar I do see yeah. the big yeah. scar yeah. there. Just cracked him straight in the nose. And I believe I was at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that- uh, I, like he was just had pissing blood. <laughs> and I was like, and I, I hit him hard. Like, and I was like, oh my god! Like pointy headstock, little string bits. Like I'm after fucking the chapel. I'm after blinding him. And he was just like, literally, just somehow. I was like, missed his eyes. And then I was like, the the set went on. I was like, right, I'm gonna hold the tile up to my face and give it two songs. And it doesn't stop bleeding on so like, I'm sorry, everyone. I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. it. You got off stage and I went up and I was like, quite drunk. And it was just like, that was great, man. It was brilliant. You're like, listen, we'll chat in a minute. Just, I think I have a broken nose. It's <laughs> 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 very nice. <laughs> so what, what are you going to do for this gig? Like, <laughs> Clearly someone's getting fucked yeah. up. I don't know. I we'll see few, what happens. A few, few things in the works myself. See what happens anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. No, I'm looking forward to it though. We've had a, a very, very long and special set ready to go for. So, oh yeah, yeah. fantastic. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with the Winter Passing, they're not quite a metal band. Nope, not at all. No, nope. they be like new. Well, they call themselves an emo band. Definitely, but definitely emo. It's that new wave of emo that's starting to come back. So it's grungy, punky, kind of yeah, that that kind of stuff. They're doing their thing though. And, They've been doing really well. They're on tour at the minute in the Moose UK Blood, with yeah. Moose Blood. It's all sold out. Completely so. sold out. But, uh, uh, yeah, actually, gonna... sorry, uh, that reminds me. I should take you to task, Kev, because I did, I did request a UK tour diary of Red Enemies. Yes, and my laptop broke. Still waiting on it, man. You'll get, uh, we're actually on tour at the end of May, so you'll get another one. Excellent. Updated one. Well, because you, 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 the reason I asked was on your Twitter, you were putting up some strange sites. It seemed like you were touring like the weirdest, kind of yeah, greyest we, towns we, in, the, in the UK. B and C tour. It was a B and C uh, location tour, so it wasn't like the main the main city. So we did basically everywhere that isn't Glasgow, Birmingham, Central London, Newcastle, <laughs> and you know places where there's big venues and <laughs> crowds. <laughs> we did like yeah, it was it was a couple of random spots. Uh, like Bournemouth, uh, Well, actually, one of the best shows was Reading. sold out. Yeah, Reading, but the Fighting Cox. <sighs> what Worcester was it? That Worcester show that we barely made. Oh yeah, we had a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, we had some van trouble and we barely made the show, but it was like completely sold out in Worcester. Like, wow. just random spots, but like we were we were on tour ahead of a crowd, and they're kind of on the up and. They're doing pretty well over there at the moment, so uh, pretty much every gig was really good, considering it was like Being not the locations. main cities. But um, yeah, give the man a diary. Give the man his diary. You'll get time. one the next one, the next tour. <laughs> That's a promise. It's on mic now, so yeah, you can't so take it's it back. The twentieth of May to the thirtieth of May. Excellent. And uh, UK crowds versus say like you know your your common regarding Dublin metal crowd. Any much, any much of a difference, or do you kind of have to like work harder? You have to definitely work harder. Uh, well, yeah. they don't really know. We're not that big just yet. Yeah. So winning you, people over kind of thing. Basically, yeah. I, I I feel like it's 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 a bit of a hype train over there as well at times. You know, like they're. I think in Ireland now it's like people know us and they've seen us at our best, and they've seen us kind of 
at our worst as well or whatever so there's just kind of there's like an appreciation there but when you go over there it's like i don't know if you're not kind of hyped up or if you're not like if certain blogs or certain bands aren't talking about you you're kind of just like they're just like oh yeah you just have grand, to, you have to win them know. over pretty yeah. much I guess there's so many bands passing through as well. It's That's really they're spoiled for choice. Kind of do, yeah. Spoiled for choice, so compared to what we get, so it's crazy over there. The amount, like just the amount of bands all the time. So it's yeah, it's tough. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, we kind of just we don't really think about it too much anymore. Just go for it. And just try and enjoy it as much as we can, and not really think about it too much. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like kind of like the metal scene in Dublin as well, like. I don't really go to Fibbers. I mean, like, like, is like, do you kind of feel like it's confined to certain kind of places and venues? And well, it's just like, I feel like we're pretty disconnected from the metal scene here. Yeah, to be honest, I think we kind of, we just naturally, you know, transcended the genre a little bit just because we were hanging out with like our friends were in other bands and and we just started going to each other's gigs and then you know eventually like the people that were coming to our gigs weren't necessarily people from the metal scene yeah and then like the bands we were getting to play with us weren't metal bands and that's just the way it went for so long and we kind of like that just because but it's, it's got to be a good thing isn't it yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we just i think that's what we, uh, that's what i love about our, the irish scene is that you can do that yeah it'd be tough to do that anywhere else in a big city but because of that i feel a little bit out of touch with the with the metal scene in dublin i'm not not really i'm actually judging the metal to the masses it's like a thing, a talent show. Well, not a battle of the band sort of thing, and you get to play Bloodstock in the UK on Saturday. So there's like there's a lot of great bands, but obviously, as I said, it's fairly confined. So it's pr- it's pretty pretty small, you know. Um, and I think you know, like the likes of Machine Head, and you know, these bands can come through and sell out the Olympia and stuff. But those people aren't really going to see local bands, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. so it's kind of I think we naturally just broke out of that a little bit and just found found people that were into our music elsewhere you know but, and in uh, terms of recording new stuff where, where are you at with things we are like we're, it's, it's a big it's, question yeah, yeah it's it's just been it's been a it was a crazy year or two with that album and the lead up to it and then the the aftermath you know it was like it's 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 just it's not easy uh, trying to make it work yeah, yeah, yeah it's not easy trying to make it work especially being from ireland and you know like people are like jobs and college and blah, 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 money and you know you're trying to make it work and i think uh we'd been doing it so long up, up to that point that we were getting a little bit impatient so we were just like a just this ball of stress for the last while and we've just taken about six months now it's going on six months of just, just doing not nothing really press. doing anything yeah, that makes you know? sense but I, I'm kind of yeah. I think we're we've not we 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 were riding on and off, and we've got material there, but it still doesn't feel like we're we're in this zone of of writing yeah. new material to go and record. But I'm excited. I'm excited to just get back into that zone. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot more focused and uh, definitely the best stuff we've ever done. But uh, kind of being patient with it. Not trying to force it. What like kind of um, what kind of featured artists do we have? <laughs> I assume we have some beatboxers. I assume we have some up and coming uh, R and B singers. Yep. I assume we have J Cole. <laughs> yeah, Obviously, J. inside Cole. scoop. J Cole is definitely Ferg. nice. <laughs> I've ASAP Ferg, Ferg playing my guitar for me on one track. I would fucking love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, it is that thing though. I think you know you always hear bands saying the second difficult album is the thing that's traditionally mm-hmm. what's being said. But I think maybe for Irish bands just trying to get stuff together, the first one's really kind of the big one, isn't it? Because you're just so, as you say, frustrating. You want to get it done. You want to get kind of make your impression, mm-hmm. make your mark. Then once it's kind of you've gotten past that, okay, you can kind of regroup and okay, mm-hmm. we can totally do this again, kind of thing. It's well, it's like in, where an Irish band first, first year basically screwed anyway yeah. <laughs> we're an Irish metal band <laughs> yeah. so like even to get a first album out is it's a, a massive massive deal yeah, yeah. so like mm. and it's just even with metal nowadays there's a timeline on it you see so many bands so many members just dropping off just financial issues yeah. and you, so that's, like, that's something yeah the whole timeline thing is something I don't want to I don't want to fall victim to that we certainly were in that mindset before of like we need an album out now because we need to go touring now and we're not getting any younger, yeah. and uh, we need to do this now, 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 and it's like, I've realised that it's not, that's not even worth it, like, it's not about, it ultimately isn't about touring, it's not about doing any of that stuff, it's just, it's about the music, yeah. yeah. and I think, for the second album, I think that it can be tough for bands, you know, depending on how the first album goes, because there's such a build up to that first album, and if it goes well, then you've got all this pressure, but you've inevitably changed you know like you're the first album i i think a lot of bands have changed from album one to two you yeah, know just of kind of makes like sense. it's just like this this weird time for a band and that's that's what makes it difficult but um yeah i don't know so to sum up you're in a weird place right now that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much, yeah. yeah he's planning on assaulting Kev well, at the upcoming gig <laughs> yeah. um, you're also in another band though uh which i saw at a party recently which you're in another band Kind yeah, the of, yeah, scratch. The scratch. Yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know what the scratch is, uh, tell us all about that. The scratch. <laughs> is it like? Because I'm wondering, like, is this like a special occasions band only? Uh, I have no idea what it is to be honest. <laughs> it's him and DJ but, Lethal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence, hence the scratch. Yeah. 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 Now it was uh, like that. The scratch was kind of born out of that lull in Red Enemy, and just that kind of need for. We just need a break from Red Enemy for a while, and we just wanted to do something completely different. <laughs> and uh, all four of us actually lived together, so kind of just naturally, we were just kind of getting together in the evenings, me me and Jordan and Lango from Red Enemy, and we were just jamming, and then Jordan was like messing in his tune, and we just bought acoustic guitars, like we were jamming on acoustics for a while anyway. And then the stuff just started happening, and we were like, oh, like it'd be deadly just to be able to play like pubs and like, just roll up to a gig, you know, last minute and just like bring, hot, gr- grab your guitar. Yeah, yeah. Just all that, like just everything we couldn't do at Red Enemy and everything we kind of want, we wanted to have some sort of outlet like that. So that was the kind of thinking behind it. But in terms of the sound, it just kind of, it just kind of wrote itself. But uh, it's, it's a four piece, two acoustic guitars, a bass and just like percussion, cajon or, cool. and, uh, but it's been like, I don't know, I guess we just put, we put up a, put up a tune like we just did this makeshift video in our kitchen and everyone was just like what the fuck is this <laughs> everyone was just like what the hell and then since then it's just been like offer after offer you know we just did Mark from Code Lines gaff party on that's the where I saw you it was amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. it was and, uh, clang <laughs> it's uh, I don't know yeah we're just kind of rolling with it it's super fun it's su- no stress it's, it's great fun it's, outlet, um, it's like I didn't know what to expect and like it's basically traditional Irish music with a metal kind of bent, I suppose. Yeah. Or as I coined it, traddle. 
So uh, you oh, can you can take yeah, that. Really gonna catch on. <laughs> me timbers. Traddle. Hashtag Traddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it, it's great crack, and it was kind of one of the things where you're, like you're kind of like, oh, you know, lads in the corner of a party with acoustic guitars. Exactly. Yeah. And that's... take me to the place where <laughs> you go. <laughs> oh God. And, like we just you know, and, and anything. That's the second house party we played actually. And we're just like right. It's gonna go really like, yeah. Imagine. No, Sorry, finish no. it. Get up, Go on. Get uh, don't look back at anger, Craig. Let's move forward. Uh, no, uh, it was like I really, really enjoyed it, and like I, I, I'd be like, I'm not really into tribe music, but then you go and see it, and you're like, actually, this is fucking great. Like, I, I yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're not into it, you kind of have to see it in a live setting. I totally. Think it, it yeah, works definitely. in a room. Like, yeah, it's just fun. Time, People man. have a really, really, really good time with it. Yeah, and it's, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, it's just again, it's, it's very different and. It's but but at the same time it's I remember when we started writing and we're like, Oh, this could be like this kind of nice thing, acoustic thing we could do and that's cool and then after the first gig it was like so this is basically just metal and we're head banging and it's like <laughs> I feel the same intensity while I'm playing it as I do with Red Enemy almost, you know. But who knows, yeah, it's just fun, it's just it's just carefree, which is nice. Uh do I do I catch that right at the at the party? Is do you have a song called Fuck's Sake? Yeah. That's a great song title. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. Name all the song titles, they're amazing. Uh, Drunken Crisp Fingers, which was, uh, I don't know, you know the way when people are eating crisps and it's like crisps on yeah, their fingers, yeah. and especially when they're Meldy. pissed, they don't they don't think to lick the crisps off, <laughs> which you'd normally do eating a bad crisp or something. Absolutely, yeah, that's the best bit. Yeah, there's a certain etiquette. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah. When you're, you're, you're drunk, <laughs> you've got drunken crisp fingers. Yeah. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Slon Connery. Which is what the band was going to be called. <laughs> Slon Connery. And then we didn't pun. do that. Yeah. And then, uh, fuck's sake, fiddly D and Vico Road and fishy, fishy jumps. I remember <laughs> that one. Yeah. Have you heard, uh, do you, you watch bad lip reading? No. Ah, they're like, well, Jordan's. me and the lads, like Jordan's favorite thing ever to, to appear on the internet. But, uh, just search bad lip reading into YouTube and it's just basically, uh, like all these uh, it's impossible to explain but Fishy Fishy Jumps is a quote it's a Bernie Sanders quote from a bad lip reading video <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant uh, if, there uh, is, if there is an album can it be called Hiller Hiller Scum Scum yeah <laughs> oh, I think it should be absolutely yeah in honour of Craig's party but no you, you kind of like it, it's no surprise to me to kind of see you kind of bouncing around to different genres because uh, when I interviewed you last year for head stuff like you know I, I as I always like to say, big scary metal band. Even though you're not scary at all, uh, big into your pop music, lads. Yes. Ah, yeah. You appreciate a yeah. good pop banger. Yeah, yeah. Big Love time. Banger. Uh, this time last year, you were kind of rocking a bit of Carly Rae Jepsen. Yep. And a few other ones. So, like, what's currently on your your pop stereo? Pop stereo. Jeez, well, got me Spotify. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> I'm just. I've been obsessed with Ben Howard. I mean, he's not really pop, but like, I guess that's what I'm obsessed with at the moment. Um. Pop wise, like it's really any time I go back to my parents' house, mm. I'll I I'll, like I'll the only thing I really watch is the music channels because yeah. I, we don't I have we don't have TV where we live we haven't for like five years, so anytime I go back it's like MTV you know like that run of yeah, music yeah, channels yeah. on digital yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly flicking yeah between. just flicking on so <laughs> something I'll always, I'll always get the I mean the just flavor channel love that one. <laughs> take a few chains off that you know it's just the production on some of the like 
like the modern like EDM stuff and you're just like fucking Jesus like that Zane album's okay I suppose I gave that it's a okay spin, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good it's like we, we, we the, the, the lead single was awesome Pillow Talk yeah, yeah. a few yeah. good we good reviewed it on on, on a previous yeah. episode and yeah we were like, which come you said yeah. we were, the production is amazing the production's great it does have its moments we were kind of like oh you know I, the hype was so big yeah. I was like this could be better and then like what else I've got a soft spot for that 1975, the new album. Oh, no, dude. Oh, it's just that bass, man. It kills me. <laughs> the name of that album alone is a problem for I me. I don't care. It's just the groove. I the like bass. it when you sleep. About the groove, for man. you are so beautiful, yet so unaware of it. Um, yeah, not for me. But I, people love that band. Yeah. People fucking love that band. I haven't really listened Apparently to live, they have an insane live show. So They've really raised the game from what I've heard, yeah. <clears throat> God, um, I don't think there's... I can't think of anything in particularly pop I'm listening to right now. But I'm not, like, I'll listen to the same thing for, like, a month. Like, pretty much every second day. It's like I leave work and I'm like, what do I put on? Ah, I'll just listen to that again. I'll just do, I'll do that. And just till you wear it out. Yeah, just, like, I kind ah, of, this I does nothing for me stuck anymore. on something yeah. for, for a while, so. Well, it's time for our album review. And it's the new PJ Harvey record, which sounds a bit like this. cut from the new PJ Harvey record right there. Uh, it's called the Hope 6 Demolition Project. It's her ninth studio record, her first in five years, coming after the excellent Let England Shake. And it's been getting rave reviews. The critics are falling over themselves to almost invent new superlatives for this one, and I'm I'm just not hearing it. No, I'm not either. Um, I've seen some different re- reviews to you, I think, because, I mean, the Pitchfork one, 7.6, something like that. It seemed very tempered. For Pitchfork, though, that's pretty high. But considering it's PJ Harvey, yeah, I guess they want a lavish praise on, and the Guardian mm. similar. I think it was three star review, um, and it's just as you said, you know, five years since um, Let England Shake. Uh, it's a, a long record, time, yeah. yeah. Terrific, Let England Shake, record. amazing. This seems to be kind of following what you might think would be a logical kind of continuation in terms of themes and even sonically sometimes, but it just doesn't really work. I mean, um, I think someone said it's it's kind of Let England Shake gone global, but it's very. It's her essentially on the road, just seeing dreadful, dreadful places. And, and singing about them. <laughs> and singing about them, but not yeah. really commenting or, you know, coming up with any yeah, major it, it, points. It's very or... observational, and there's not much else behind that, really. And I, found, I have to say, I, fa- I, find, I find this album a complete struggle to get through in one sitting. Uh. And it's not even that long. Like, the first track is, like, about two and a half minutes long, and it feels like about five minutes. I thought the first track was a very, very... Like, on the second listen, like, it was a really, really weak track to start on it. Like The Community the al- of Hope, it was the, the lead single as well. picks up a bit halfway through. I really liked the chorus in the first track. Actually, uh, and this is... I'm coming from... And, like, I know nothing, really, about PJ Harvey, and I never really... I don't, even... I've never listened to her. But, like, I kind of... 
I thought the production was interesting. I thought it was, I thought like her vocals and anything, of her, anything, the little bit I'd heard of her before, like she is a fantastic vocalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like there was, there was some great phrasing. I, I actually just quite like, I was kind of into the vibe a little bit for okay. the first, for the first half. I don't no, know. It I just, was, it was, was kind of found it kind of draining. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, draining is the right word. I plods think. along. Yeah. I'm definitely on that buzz though right okay. now. I'm listening <laughs> to kind of music. Well, yeah. I just got back from Prague and I was just like, "This yeah, is the most yeah, horrific yeah, yeah. thing yeah. ever." Yeah. It's, it's like kind of what I, it's kind every of every bad thing right that can now. happen it's, to yeah. human beings is just like being input into my brain <laughs> as she like wails over. Like. <laughs> and you might have a concussion as well. So yeah, that, I might. Yeah, that's no real listening state for you. It definitely it, plods though. It's 41 minutes and 51 seconds long. And it feels twice that length. Uh, there's a track on there called Near the Memorials to Vietnam and Lincoln. And if I never hear it again, I'll be very happy. There was parts in it, what she's kind of going for her style. I kept thinking of the song Here's to You by Joan Baez. But it just made me want to go listen to that song. So I did. I was like, you know what? I, yeah. I, I find it so hard to get through this record. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's like that kind of like that, that film High Rise I saw about two months ago, where it's like, I respect this. I admire this. It's very well put together. It's very well realized. It's a very good piece of art. I'm not enjoying it. Mm. I what, find it so hard to enjoy. What did you make of the concept of her recording in front of a crowd? Essentially, people could kind of pay in and see her, you know, behind glass Is with that the how band. She did it? Yeah, for kind of months. And That's on cool. End. That's it was a nice idea. But is it the best way to put an album together? It's her ninth album, and she's an artist. Yeah. Like you know, she's quite esoteric. Uh, I think you know, to be fair, like who would begrudge that? Um, and I feel like again much like with M83's new album which we talked about last week I definitely feel like this is the record that she wanted to make and I think she you know, I think you know if she wanted to wait another five years to be album, she's that kind of an artist she's prolific for sure but she's also very much her own voice and has her own power so you know yeah I mean like are you skirting around the phrase concept album here? That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, she certainly is attempting to do something, say something with it because she's done this whole tour where she played the songs live and there's been a kind of, you know, she, she as she went on her travels around, just kind of coming up with concepts for this record, she took a photographer and there's a kind of book released of photographs of these, you know, desolate places and she even had poetry alongside it. So she clearly has kind of a big idea but I don't know, it's that kind of thing sometimes when British, like Let England Shake was all very British, kind of the fall of the empire, how modern England is kind of coping. And she just nailed it. She Like that was kind of what she was perfect at doing. Yeah. Sometimes when English artists kind of decide, okay, now I'm going to tackle America, it just instantly becomes cheesy <laughs> yeah. or condescending or... Well, she talks, I think the first track she talks about it was like drugs and stuff and that's life that's just life and yeah stuff. and apparently she got in a bit of stick as well it's because it's yeah, a shithole wasn't it well, yeah, yeah this Washington kind of slum essentially or certainly projects that's kind of failing yeah and local politicians yeah. are very quick to hit back at that and basically say that they're painting it she's painting a very poor image of of this area but it doesn't sound great does it <laughs> like yeah, lyric- she's just saying what she saw yeah so. it like is catchphrase like that television show catchphrase lyrically it's kind of clumsy as well there's just I think so, so many yeah. lines where it takes you out of the music even if you're enjoying mm. what's going on some of the tunes are great I mean she can write a melody it's brilliant yeah, but you know then when fun. she's saying things like you know they're going to put a Walmart up you're just like oh, really you're talking about Walmart going up I don't know yeah. it just seems mm. you know you're not Joe Strummer or something she's not Joe Strummer uh, it's, but although actually interestingly when you kind of mentioned the whole her making that record about England at the time and then moving on to kind of, I suppose, more global or bigger ambitious scale. I, some It only hit me now. I, I, I didn't really think of it, but like Frank Turner. Frank Turner released a record in 2011 yeah. called England Feel My Bones. 
or in Keep My Bones, keep, one of those. Yeah, keep My keep Bones. My sorry. And I think that's a really, really good record. Uh, obviously, Frank Turner is one of those guys who like just keeps on doing things, and um, sometimes to his detriment, he's got a style, he sticks to it, and you know, it's it's easy to kind of get bored of that. And I feel like his releases since haven't been anywhere near as strong. Well, he kind of went Springsteen then, didn't he? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, but um, it is interesting. I mean, I wonder, like, you know, is that a thing? And obviously, you know, around that time as well, you know, with, with London, the riots, sure, very yeah. much informed, I think, both of those records. Um, is it a case of I'll now go off and go for this bigger thing, and it, maybe it's just better to be closer to home? Yeah, and I mean, as an artist, you're not going to keep doing the same yeah. thing. I mean, we'd com- probably be complaining if it was just you know Let England Shake Part Two. Well, so at least she's trying has, something. But has she always kind of written that way lyrically? No, no, not kind really like at all. Ob- no, her ninety stuff was very kind of personal, and no, this was kind yeah. of a newer thing for well, her. That's it, like, per- it's, it's not really personal if you're just going to some place and just saying how shit it is, is yeah. it? <laughs> it's like, I'll be here well, for two yeah. weeks and then I'll move on. You like, kind of have to, you have to, like, respect the kind of artistic journey. Of course, of it, though, yeah, it's know. clearly a lot of effort no, kind of went into yeah, it. And, you I'm know. Not, not being content with what works and stuff. But, but I think certain time, imagery she kind of conjures up, it's just, you know, it should be powerful because it's so awful. You should be kind of really mm. feeling something, but you just think, oh, this is just a litany of kind of stuff I don't yeah, really yeah, need yeah. to hear about, you know, for like, this imagine length listen of time. To this bo- listen to this album on the way to work on a Monday and yeah. it's pissing rain. Like, <laughs> like <Yeah. how? laughs> probably wouldn't make it true. Um, I don't know. It might work live. I, I just don't know. It just didn't really ignite for me. Just no, uh, not for me. And I have to confess, I've like I turned it off like without getting through a full sitting on more than one occasion, and I kind of like cherry picked from it. And I just I realized very very quickly that it wasn't for me. And that doesn't necessarily make it a bad record at all. But I, think, I thought the production was interesting. Yeah, I'd say it's something you could definitely get stuck into. Probably some interesting yeah. sounds and kind of mixing techniques and. I mean, there's um, plenty to kind of admire about it, but mm. it's not going to be someone, as you say, someone's favorite record. Yeah, just stick no. on and you know, chill out. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you were, if we were to put a rating on this one, I mean, for me, it felt like a five or six. Yeah, it's a five for me. I can see people loving it. Maybe it's possibly. I've seen words, a lot of PJ Harvey fans yeah. put it up there with her best work, and I mean, okay. I guess if you have ties to an artist, you're always going to go in with a bit of goodwill. But yeah, I just I couldn't take anything from it, and I guess I don't know for I guess for alternative albums of the week. Perhaps with the week that's in it, uh, what Prince album would you recommend people listen to if they... I mean, just any of the 80s ones. <laughs> Purple <laughs> Rain, much, if yeah. you haven't heard Purple Rain, just stick it on. Uh, Sign of the Times is amazing. 1999. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Purple like Rain should be like prescribed to school children from now on. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Work from about 1981 up to about 1989, and it's just all gold. So you're, you're not a fan of recent years where like two albums would come out on a random Monday and via be, the Daily Mail or and something. there'd be some amazing songs on it but it'd be like another 18 songs that you just weren't you know they were never really dreadful but they were just kind of genre exercises one or good kind song of lazy. and 10 album fillers like yeah kind of yeah so but he was doing his thing yeah, and I mean, like, there's apparently a vault full of music and music videos that were produced and made, and lots of money was spent. And yeah, who knows what will happen there now? Yeah. Apparently, oh, Kim Kardashian for, for like songs recently? songs that you've never heard. There's an amazing um, Kevin Smith story. Kevin Smith, the filmmaker, he uh, tours colleges every now and then, does Q and As, and he released a DVD of one that he or some that he'd done back in like the early 2000s, which has two very long stories and. 
one of which is about Prince. The, the other one is about the, his his failed involvement with a Superman film. They're both really well worth looking up on YouTube. The Prince one is terrific. Like it's it's a surreal story that he finds himself in making a documentary for Prince, even though that was never his intention. He just finds himself at Paisley Park Studios and doing this thing, and it's all very religious and strange. And he doesn't he's in way over his head. And at one point, Kevin Smith learns that there's this thing referred to as the vault because he finishes up, he finishes all the, like he shoots everything and like uh, he says to Prince's assistant who uh, he refers to as a lovely lady, patient lady by the name of Stephanie and he was like, okay, so, uh, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, like, you know, does he have a release uh, date in mind? Like, like, does he want me to try and get distribution for a, a production company or, or, or a distribution company? Like, what, what are we going to do? And she goes, well, I mean, he's probably just going to put it in the vault and Kevin Smith's like, what's that? And then she's like, well, Prince has this vault um, you know, full of uh, like like all these great music videos that he's made, and like, and then he's like, oh, like for like you know, and he starts listening to some of the songs. And she's like, no, 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 and then he's like, he's like, well, I've never, I've never heard of these, and she's like, yeah, because they're, they're for songs that you've never heard, and you never will hear. And the rumor is that Kim Kardashian was in one of these videos like back in the day, and like you know, it's just like. Uh, but yes, yeah, apparently there's a gigantic. Were these just excuses for him to get hot women into like <laughs> you know video studios? Oh, awesome. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, apparently there's a glut of unreleased Prince material out there. But I guess this might not be that uncommon. Uh, Zach Delarocca from Rage Against the Machine has a solo album that was produced with Trent Reznor, and Jesus. Trent Reznor has said before, "Can we release it, please, Zach?" And Zach won't release it. Weird. They released a track in 2004 on that Michael Moore Fahrenheit 9/11 documentary called "We Want It All," and it's incredible. And you just know the album's incredible. Zach Tyler Rocket doesn't want to release it. Has he given reasons? Or? I don't think he has. He's very cagey. Yeah. The fact that Zach Tyler Rocket popped up at all just on that... Uh, I know. Really, like, when, he, on. when he popped up on that Who Run cares? the Jewels track, everyone was shocked. Because everyone was like, oh, okay. And also, the worst the worst thing about Zach Tyler Rocket still having it is that he's not using it. Yeah. I think right now, with everything that's going on in the world, surely uh, a Rage Against the Machine album... One more album, please. please. Just... Stop. Come on, will you look outside the bleeding window? <laughs> I mean, Please, yeah. Yeah. Tom, just give the lads a ring. <laughs> it's fine, we've got Guns N' Roses coming uh, back. We're yeah. laughing. <laughs> well, I guess Something. that's a good a place as any is to wrap it up. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Red Enemy, for coming in. Thank you, guys. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you Thanks, lads. Fantastic stuff. Ow! Thank you very much for you know helping us steer this ship in the absence of Colin Morrigan, who uh, we will welcome back next week with open arms. Feel better, Colin? Yes, indeed. Uh, we will leave this week, as we often do, with some exit music from an up-and-coming Irish act. If you want your track to be played on this podcast, if we think it's good, we will play it. Uh, if we think it's bad... Basically, I'm going to say... Ouch. I'm, yeah, we'll ouch you. I'm, we'll also play it, yeah. Your, your tracks have to go through Connor and Kevin. They have to decide what we're going to do with them. So. Serious filters to get through, lads. Serious, serious filters. It's a tough wall to break. It's a Maybe. tough wall to scale. Inscrutable. Well, this band got through the wall because we hadn't actually put that wall up yet. And uh, they're called Thumper, uh, a noise pop quintet from Dublin, delivering bubblegum pop through a wall of sonic death. Wow. With, with a reputation for raucous and frenzied live shows, a slew of lo-fi earworms, think Sonic Youth versus ABBA, it says here, and a penchant for howling feedback and pounding double drums, this is a band that you'll love to love. Do you think they wrote their own press release? I don't know. So. Uh, how to write press release.ie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song is called Rent is Due. It's the first song to be released from Magnum Opus, a new five track EP by this band. Uh, and apparently, uh, Otherkin and Bitch Falcon are involved with this track. Oh, oh. I saw Golden Plex shared this. So there you go. Yeah. We are late yeah, to the party. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I actually, before we play this track, I will say that uh, we mentioned you getting electrocuted at the gig. Uh, when I interviewed Bitch Falcon last summer, 
Uh, all three of them were very quick to say that you milked that man, so you could get out of the loadout. <laughs> <laughs> I was crippled and I couldn't walk for five Iron weeks. Weakling. My leg. <laughs> do you know? Do you know that yellow bruise you get sometimes? That was like from my knee down. So oh. I don't think I was milking it. Screw they're you guys. They're a pack of messers. <laughs> they're, a pack of, they're a pack of spoofers. Ah, shite band as well. Nah, I love you. One of the best bands I've ever heard. Okay, so to play us out, this is Rent is Due by Thumper. Rapapo!
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.